0: My name is Tom Chick. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast, where we talk to the people who make the forum what it is, about the games that matter to them. Uh, I am here today with Demon G. Sides, who fortunately I don't have to address him as that. Justin, I can call you Justin, right?
1: Yes, that's fine.
0: Now, what on earth, and I, I think I've given you grief about this before, you might have even explained it to me, and I've since forgotten what on earth is Demon G Sides.
1: All right, um, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's it came out of a late night Xbox Live session with a guy I was I was talking to on Xbox Live. I used to have an old uh, Xbox Live account by the name of Omega Merck, and it was kind of getting a little childish. I thought that was way too corny, you know. I, in retrospect, this is probably worse. <laughs> but uh, he's like, you know, what's your favorite band? And I'm like, oh, the Gorillas. So it had been recently that Demon Days came out, and um, I kind of combined Demon Days and their one of their uh, B-sides, which is titled G-sides, and combined them into one, and he thought it was the coolest thing ever, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, I was young, it's the crime of my it, life.
0: It's, <laughs> it's Omega Mercs, I mean, I, I will say, it, now that you've explained yeah. it. Now, I have to say, Justin, <laughs> I was assuming it was some kind of an anime reference.
1: Uh, I No, actually, which is surprising. I'm actually sitting at my desk here in my room, and I have a Gundam right next to the computer, so you would actually probably be safe to assume that an anime reference would be part of the course, but it actually isn't, and I'm actually really not that into anime. Which... Says
0: the guy with the Gundam right next to his... <laughs> Why do you have a Gundam yeah. on your desk if you're not into anime?
1: I like very specific shows. I'm a huge fan of, like, the Gundam universe. I love all the, you know, all the different ones. I was actually watching uh, Gundam 00, which is the newest uh, series. Uh, But uh, when I was younger, I used to watch Gundam Wing and all that, and I have what no one except for maybe, like, Matt Keel is going to understand, but I have a Sasabi figure. Right here next to my desk because I think it's the coolest looking one. It's Char's during Char's counter attack. I have the Xbox game, everything. You know. You know what?
0: I don't think you're allowed to say I'm not into <laughs> anime. It, Gundam is anime. Right? Like, am I, am I? Yeah, yeah. So you're just very it, specific it, anime. You're not like an anime file or anything. It's just you.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't like. Like, I don't care about Full Metal Alchemist. I don't. I mean, I know the shows. I've seen episodes from a lot of different anime. I really don't like it. I'm kind of more of like. I like the artsy. I like uh, Paranoid Agent, which is kind of interesting. I haven't finished watching that. Um, Samurai shampoo, Afro Samurai. I like Samurai. I guess. Mm.
0: <laughs> now you mentioned to me before we go into other stuff. You mentioned to me. You're a fan of the Koei games, like those which which I think of as big, bloated, difficult to learn, very complicated strategy games about uh, ancient history, like ancient, generally Asian history in Japan or or China. Uh, you're a fan of those as well. What came first, that or anime?
1: Um, I mean, I probably have to say anime. I've been a fan of Gundam Wing since I was in elementary school, so I would I would probably say that that kind of fueled my interest in learning more about Japanese history and Chinese history, and then in turn, I was introduced by, to like Dynasty Warriors by a friend in middle school, and since then, I just kind of fell in love with. Koei as a company, I love... I mean, I have Romance of the Three Kingdoms on my iPhone, or my iTouch, so I can take it wherever I go. I mean, I've played no- no, uh, Nobunaga's Ambition, um, you know, Rock 10, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Now, do, do you like them because they're strategy games, or do you like them because of the subject matter? Or both?
1: I I really don't care for the gameplay within Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It's, it's fun. I understand it. I like more the feeling of playing it, you know, of having these historical officers that I've read so much about that I know, you know, their backstories, their histories, and, you know, kind of controlling them and using them to position my way to becoming, you know, the emperor of China or whatever.
0: And why do you know so much about uh, those characters?
1: Um, I mean, it's just Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: but, I mean, what did <laughs> kind you, of, did you if, is this something that you've studied before? Did you, uh, I'm curious, like, uh, it, is the history of that period something that you were already interested in or the game got you into that?
1: the game really got me into that i mean dynasty warriors when me and my friends first started playing it, we were kind of young we're like oh i wonder you know and they were always just like you know what? this is fun let's hack and slash people to bits all over the place i was more interested in like the characters that's kind of that was kind of my thing um you know i got made fun of for that but whatever um and so i you know i went to wikipedia you know i looked them up online there's a couple of good sites out there that aren't wikipedia that are much more scholarly um and it just kind of took off from there. You know, I mean, I don't think I'm a, a Three Kingdoms scholar by any means or a Sengoku Jidai scholar. I can name some of the guys. I know most of the people. I know, I can. if you gave me a name, I can generally kind of remember what that person was either famous for or something they were affiliated with. Is there,
0: is there someone from that period that you particularly like? Like, if you were to, to pick out, if I was to say, Justin, what's someone from that period, who, who's a character you really, uh, like, If you if you have a spread of characters you can play in a game, who would you pick? Like, is there someone that you gravitate towards? Do you have a favorite?
1: Yes. A hundred percent. Um, for like the romance of the three kingdoms, which is the three kingdoms era, which is early, um, AD mm-hmm. Han emperor. I would definitely pick, uh, Gongsun Zan. He was a, uh, Northern, uh, cavalry, war, uh, cavalry warlord, um, in the Northern Han empire. He actually had one of the biggest armies at the time. And, uh, he ends up being defeated by Yuan Shao. um, he kills his family and himself in this giant ivory tower he had made. really sad story, but I always liked the idea he had these white horses that he would use to scare the uh, tribesmen the- tri- uh, I can't remember the exact name of the tribe right now, I, but they're called the, he was called the Baima general, and Baima was uh, his white horse or something close to that in Chinese. and they held the white a white horse was like the, uh, a symbol to them like they couldn't fight against it. so he he made his entire cavalry force or like the like this vanguard out of white horses. And he just crushed these tribes left and right, and with like zero, like very minimal casualties, he was a baller.
0: Wow, that's very cool. That's very cool that you know
1: that, Justin. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> now, <and> yeah. <laughs> is he in the hack and slash like Dynasty Warrior
1: games? He's not. He's not at all. Yuan Shao is. That's only because you know Yuan Shao was the leader of the coalition against Dong Zhuo, which I'm sure all of this is like speaking Greek. <laughs> it's like speaking um, Chinese,
0: actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's he's not ever, he's in the, the romance of the three kingdoms games. He's never in any of the dynasty warriors games. Um, he was in Kesson obviously, but that's, I mean, that's less of, that's more of a, in between, between the two.
0: Now, do you find that you, uh, like it, it, it sounds like he, he lost, I guess eventually all of those guys end up losing in one way or another. That Nobody's found like an yeah. eternal empire, but is that something that you really yeah. like about him? That he has this kind of dark, tragic ending?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely like a selling point. Um, Back in when I was in uh middle and high school I used to do a lot of uh role like pen and paper role plays with friends over the internet. Um and I would whenever we did like a, a Three Kingdoms one, we I would always be him 'cause I would never I would and I would always make it my main goal to survive that one particular instance when he fights you on Shao and he gets defeated by him. Mm-hmm. And I I don't consider myself a great writer by any means, but I think I generally tend to do well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh and now you you are a history major in school as well is it by any chance eastern history or uh, what what particular kinds of history do you study
1: um i, I spent a lot of my i focus a lot of my studies on japanese history for a while and then i kind of broaden out just to do general world history i'm not a huge fan of my own history degree it's kind of bad i know um what does that mean i like i mean i'm done with the degree i've been done with the degree for a year um, I finished it this last semester. By the time I graduate, I won't, I mean, I don't think I'm taking any history classes my final, my senior mm-hmm. year. Um, I started out doing it because I was going to be a teacher. I know that was kind of like my, my, what I wanted to do, but I've kind of moved on from that and I'm going to try to go for a poli-sci degree too.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and is, you, you mentioned too, you're, you're active in student government. Uh, yeah, Part of being interested in poli-sci, is it, is it tie into that whole thing?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of – my one of my friends is a poli-sci major. Actually, he's poli-sci in history as well, and I always made fun of him for being a political science because they're – you know, the, the big joke amongst me and my friends is that the three, you know, worst majors you could have are English first and, like, first and foremost because you don't do anything. <laughs> um, second is history – or second is poli-sci because all you do is learn to bullshit, but you don't have to write any of the papers. <laughs> and third is history because you have to learn how to bullshit, but then you have to write 15 pages about it.
0: <laughs> now, uh, what do you do in student government? What kind of stuff uh, –
1: um I, I mean i got into it my, my my roommates uh well my roommate uh my junior uh, excuse me my sophomore year was uh a representative on our student assembly we do a very uh parliamentary type thing it's very you know there's a legislative there's an executive it's a three system government kind of like our own it's not exactly like it but basically you started as a representative and then you work your way up um this last year i did do i was a representative i wasn't I mean, I considered myself important, but I doubt I was. And then I kind of worked my way onto financial council, which is basically we decide where the $2 million that uh, our student association uh, makes off of what is basically a tax in the student body, Mm -hmm. we decide where that money goes. And I had a lot of fun with it. And then basically that's my job next year is I'm going to be the head of that council. He's known as the student association treasurer. And, you know, it's a stipend position. I get paid. It should be fun. You're
0: a paid politician, Justin.
1: I am a paid politician. You're a political Actually, insider. I am. I am an essay insider, as they call us. <laughs> um, the worst part is probably that I have two paid positions in the government, which is probably I, in some way a conflict. of. I
0: case. can imagine. We're we're clean out here in Southern California. We're cleaning people like you out. We have a little town out here called Bell, and the people found out that their, their uh, political offices in the town were getting paid too much, so they ran them out of town. Sweet <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna cause some kind of controversy like that. What's your second paid political
1: position? Um, I'm the events coordinator for the off-campus community council. Mm-hmm. Basically, I set up all the concerts and stuff that uh, off-campus students are paying for.
0: I just want to say when you um, when you say that, Justin, my first thought, I mean, that sounds like a respectable thing. But when you say events coordinator, I think of someone like in high school who's in charge of like getting all the balloons for the the senior dance.
1: That's, that's basically what it is <laughs> but on, on a bigger scale outside of the high school I have we, we have the biggest budget out of all the communities because obviously most people who go to my school do live off campus um, and so I mean I, I don't have a time I don't have a ton of money but I have a respectable amount I have six or seven um, different, events that i have to plan that each have budgets in excess of thousands of dollars.
0: Have you ever Justin had to make signs on big old poster boards for an event? <laughs> like paint.
1: Hey. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs>
0: now, you mentioned being into parliamentary procedure. Uh
1: Operous Rules of Order, right? Right? Is that is my bible that i live by. And uh ha-
0: tell tell me a little bit about that. Why do you like that? Why do you like that sort of strictly regimented sort of Debate process, the, the format.
1: I have a lot. I have a lot of problems with how Roberts Rules works. Um, I don't know if you're familiar at all with it. I really don't want to bore the people who are listening to the podcast with it. If they want to go look it up, it's a fascinating read. Um, it's really not. But <laughs>
0: well, now the folks know what Roberts Rules of Order are. I think. But what are your what are your problems? So, like it, it's how a governing body can interact, right? And it's how they yeah,
1: it's, it's it's basically it's it's the rules that you have to you know, live by. You know, you don't you don't call out someone by name. You use their title. You know, this is, this type of, uh, you know, motion supersedes this type of motion. I love all that. I don't like how, in the way that it's set up, at least in my school, how we go by it, which may be more or less our, uh, our you know our bylaws, and it is Robert's Rules of Order itself. But um, uh, people who are against our, uh, a motion or a resolution or whatever on the floor have to go first, and then people who are for it have to go second. I feel like there should at least be, like, I don't you know, a minute or two for the people who... Are against it to go after the people ah. reports and you know, maybe clear up something, which we can always vote that in. That's always allowed. You can always be like, I call for another round of debate, you know, motion for another round. Um, but it generally isn't used. And I feel like a lot of people kind of vote with the most convincing argument. And if and I know for a, few, uh, for a fact, a few people in our uh, our assembly are terrible, terrible politicians, but they're great public speakers. Um, you know, they're all you know, they're very corrupt, very, very corrupt, but they know how to sway a crowd and I, I you know people have obviously won arguments that they should not have won just because that they are able to rile some of the weaker assembly members into doing what they say
0: did you by any chance see uh I'm sure you must have the fellow I think his first name is Pete uh Pete Wiener from from new york oh it's your it's your neck of the woods you're in new york right yeah is he, is he yes, a representative yes, or a congressman? is he a senator i mean or a representative is, uh
1: He's 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 probably yeah he's House of Reps. Okay. Not
0: uh, have you seen that great clip where uh, it, it's over the the some kind of healthcare bill for 9/11 workers uh, where he's yelling uh, at the other guy to, to sit down? It's it, it was a Democrat uh, Democratic Republican tussle over procedure in this bill. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Is it Anthony Weiner gets no, really Anthony? Here? Yes, Anthony
0: Weiner exactly.
1: I, I I just YouTube it really quick. I don't think I have. It is fantastic that <laughs> because it's not
0: funny. It's just it's like it's that sort of Robert's Rules of Order. It, it's like what I imagine the British Parliament is like. I mean, he is up. It's like something <laughs> from a movie. He's up there like yelling and he's just so emphatic, but yet he's so controlled. Uh It's just a best case example of like parliamentary drama. We don't we don't get that in the U.S. At the time, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there really isn't enough of that because you know I mean a lot I I don't like how the American system of like the Senate and like that I don't like the Senate I like I like the House I think the House does a very good job I don't like the Senate because you can just not show up to the Senate and you can still be counted as a senator which in our bylaws you get three absences and then we kick you
0: out <laughs> that's harsh now how do you feel about I think and is it I think the Taiwanese Parliament is pretty notorious. They're
1: they're awesome. Yeah, they they they, throw paint at each player, like that's awesome. We should be allowed to do that.
0: (laughs) And they just get into they'll just break out into brawls. It's like a hockey game. It's lovely.
1: Yeah, man, I, I think that should be that, that should be allowed in the Senate. I think I think a lot more business would get done in the Senate and the House of Representatives if you were allowed to beat your neighbor with a. Uh, and
0: that, that Anthony Weiner fella, he he looks like a pretty wiry guy. I'll bet he could put up quite a fight.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to watch this clip after we're done with this, and uh, I'll have to get back to you on it. But
0: <laughs> uh, so you are in New York. You mentioned is that is that where you're from? Is that your home state? Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I actually I go to school an hour away from where I live. I don't live anywhere near the city. I, that's the first question everybody asks when you say you're from New York. Oh, the city. No, I'm not from the city. I'm probably, I'm one of maybe three people I'm close friends with, uh, you know, in my close group of like people I consider my close friends that aren't from either New York City or Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from what many would call upstate, but what I would call central New York. Okay. Um, I go to school in the southern tier to Binghamton University. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a Long Island school, basically, but it's prestigious, you know, there's they, we've got plenty of accolades, we've had plenty of scandals with basketball, yeah, we're the, one of those kinds of schools.
0: Well, uh, can you do for us, Justin, and I don't know if you can or not, I'm going to put you on the spot here, can you do for us a New York accent?
1: Like a New York City accent, or...
0: See, to a guy like me, who's from Arkansas, it all sounds the same. Oh, you know what, there is the yeah, whole, well, like, there's the Long Island and the New York City, I don't, I don't know that I would know...
1: Oh my God, the Long Island accent is terrible, it's... They draw... Okay, how do you say... Okay, when you are at a desk, what is the thing you pull open and you put stuff in?
0: Uh An envelope.
1: Oh, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> a drawer. A drawer. Thank you. If you talk to someone who's from Long Island, it's a draw. A what? A draw. What
0: do they do with the last half of the word? They just ignore it? I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Here's one for you, Justin. What do you call it that right. you get this for your car so that if you wreck your car, the company pays for it.
1: Insurance. Wait, say it again. Insurance.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's right.
1: See, what, what is it? Insurance. Insurance. Yeah. It's, insur- it's insurance. It's <laughs> insurance. you got to draw out the "sure."
0: <laughs> what do you call when you go to McDonald's and you get uh, a combo and it comes with like a, a burger and fries and, and what's the third thing?
1: Drink. <laughs> okay, that works.
0: It's a Coke. It's just a regular Coke. You know, you can get different flavors of Coke. Some folks will call it a pop. I mean, drink. That's pop.
1: Oh no, 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 no. See, a pop, a pop comes from Western New York. That's Rochester, Buffalo area. Ah. If you get called a, if you call it a pop anywhere outside of Western, you will be beaten. No one else calls it a pop. Everyone calls it soda. Soda, a drink. You know, it's, it, there's no, it's no, there's no pop. Pop is ridiculous. pop is ridiculous. No but it's
0: not it. a Coke. Like if you say Coke. Like I think of Coke as generic. Like you you order a Coke and then they ask you well what kind do you want? And then you specify. No, no.
1: You you order a soda. And uh, at least at least in Central New York and I'm pretty sure that's true for the city as well. <laughs> it's it's either a drink or a soda. You don't order a Coke. Right. If you order a Coke, they're going to bring you a Coke itself, you know, the can of Coke, Coca-Cola. Yeah, but what if I want a
0: No, yeah, but that's not I I if I order a Coke and the guy doesn't ask me and he brings me like a Pepsi or something I'd be like, "No, no. I I wanted a Dr Pepper." And uh
1: Oh well, if, if you order a Coke and they bring you a Pepsi, that's just because they don't carry Coke products. That's right. But if you order a Coke, they're going to bring you either a Coke or a Pepsi. They're not going to bring you. They're not going to even ask you if you say if you like if you're like what do you want to drink? And you say a right. Coke. They're going to move on to the next person. They're not even going to ask you for a specification unless they don't serve Coke. Then they'll say, "Is Pepsi all right?" Yeah, you people. Keep- I know this. I used I used to work at a pizzeria. So ah,
0: you people in New York are crazy.
1: Uh, you you yeah. work at a pizzeria, huh?
0: <laughs> Was that the yeah? Was I, it the worst job you've ever had? Have you had a worse job than working in a pizzeria?
1: I mean, it was good. I got a lot of free food. So <laughs> my like my like junior year of of high school, I was you know I was I never had to worry about eating. <laughs> Not that I ever had to worry about eating at all. If my mom ever hears this, she fed me well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always had like a slice of pizza, whatever I wanted. That was always great. But as far as like my bosses, oh my god, have you ever worked for? I don't want to make this sound really bad, but they're they you know they're off the boat Sicilian. They both spoke fine English and everything, but they believed in a very Sicilian work ethic, and uh-huh. that they were in charge. And if you didn't do what they said, the way they said it, when they said it, you might as well just go.
0: <laughs> I, I have to say, Justin, I have worked for jerks of many ethnicities, but never specifically a <laughs> Sicilian. So I, I, I don't.
1: They, I, I don't want to say it's it's it may, it may not be a an, an attribute of the entire Sicilian people, but they are hard. These particular ones, okay. These particular <laughs> Sicilians were hard asses. Very nice hard asses, though. Um, now just a to... little personal personal story. My mom had back surgery, and my boss, you know, the Sicilian that I worked for, um, actually brought uh, told us to come in and order whatever we want because my mom has been in you know in the hospital and everything. And he said all the food's on me. Have whatever you want. So that was very nice. They're very very family oriented as well. But, yeah, that's very cool made uh, Now,
0: I have a very important question to ask you, Justin. Okay. When you are in a pizzeria and you can just get a slice of any kind of pizza you want, what do you get?
1: If I can have any slice of pizza yeah. I want? Yeah, what are
0: you going to have on your pizza?
1: Generally, I would probably just say pepperoni. I'm kind of... I like pepperoni. I'm not a big pizza topping guy, although if the choice is there, I will get buffalo chicken.
0: Buffalo chicken, like, on the pizza? Yeah, that sounds weird.
1: You've never had you've never had a, like a chicken wing pizza? Wait, a
0: chicken wing pizza there's bones in chicken wings. How does that?
1: No, no, no. They they take the chicken and then they put it on the pizza and then they take hot sauce instead of regular oh. pizza sauce and they spread they don't like they don't like make it like regular pizza sauce. They kind of like like spray it all over, not like spray, but like it's hard to explain. Uh, it sounded so it weird, Justin. Me, you have the choice. If you have the choice, get a chicken.
0: Uh, it's sounding weird. And here, here's another thing, Justin. You're, uh, you're considerably younger than me. When you get to be my age, you find, you found out the kind of pizza you like, and you don't want anything else. For me, at this stage in my life, I, I can safely say probably from every point until I die, anytime I get pizza from now on, it will be pineapple and ham. I've just decided. That's really... That comes with wisdom and age, Justin, is you decide what mm-hmm. pizza you want, <laughs> and you get...
1: I like pineapple and I like ham. I don't know if I'd like them on a pizza. You don't like Hawaiian pizza? I've never had a Hawaiian pizza.
0: Okay, well you're young. There's still you there's still pine. <laughs>
1: I'm not giving up on you yet.
0: <laughs> uh so okay, you also worked at a pizzeria. Oh, I wanted to ask. So uh you you mentioned your mom a couple of times. Uh what do your hmm.
1: folks do? My mom is a bank teller basically that is her job she works at the local bank (laughs) um there is only one in my town and my stepdad works as like the general parts manager for the town car dealership
0: is it a little town
1: it is less than five thousand people i won't give you the exact number for fear of embarrassment
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you come from a little town that's that's very cool
1: i yes i come from a very little town like two miles long no miles.
0: <laughs> you don't come from a town. You come from a strip on the road.
1: <laughs> ba- yeah, basically, it's it's. I come from the village that is inside the larger town. That is all right. I might as well tell you, my town is four thousand people. My village of like that I currently like live within. I live within the village limits. That's two thousand people, and it's over forty square miles for the town. So there's only four thousand people in forty square miles. That's very quaint. <laughs> it's Very quaint. <laughs> Did they get
0: internet out there?
1: Yes, we have internet. No, we don't drive tractors. No, I don't ride horses. Yeah,
0: I, I come from Arkansas. I get all that as well. The whole thing about
1: yeah, y'all wear shoes. We, we, we bonded over the fact that we are known as hicks to other people. Uh,
0: now I notice it's conspicuous. You have not yet done a New York accent. Are you going to beg off of that? I
1: I don't I, I don't think I can do a New York accent. I don't I don't have the same accent as that. My accent is much is very different from anyone from the city. I, I can't remember what my accent is technically referred to, but it's it's a very neutral accent. I don't have a lot of, I mean, I don't, I don't personally think I have a lot of, like, I don't have, like, a Boston, you right. know, I drop every other letter. Um, I don't have, uh, you know, the uppity, Long Island, I can't finish saying the word drawer.
0: <laughs> Does your mom have an accent? Does she sound different from you?
1: <sighs> I mean, I think so a little bit. I think I've... <clears throat> I think I may have adopted some of, like, the Long Island, New York uh, City accent, like, you know, the way they say some of their words, the way the way they, like, express themselves a little bit just from being around people. But my mom has basically been in the area most of her life. So it's a little bit different.
0: Uh, now, you registered for quarter to three in the forum when I think you were nine years old. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it was. I was actually five. <laughs> five, right. And <laughs> you had just learned to type. <laughs> I, I was my first computer. It was like a play school laptop. No. Um,
0: <laughs> so explain how you came to the forum and and what exactly right. happened because I was party to this. I sometimes feel bad about it, but well, why don't you uh, explain how you came to the forum? All
1: right. If, if if my memory serves, I think I was actually looking up information on Dynasty Warriors, one of the new games. I think it was number five that was coming out at the time. Um, I believe I was looking up information from that, and I someone had made a thread on QT3. I stumbled upon it. I just started looking around the site. I really liked, you know, the, the level of discussion um, that was going on, on the site. It was, you know, it was higher than like NeoGaf or something awful, you know, all those other huge forums of full of people. And the only previous forum I think I had been on was the Killer Movie Forums, which no one knows about. Um, so I signed up. I emailed you. I Actually, I I waited like a month because I, I feel bad, but I didn't read the rules right away.
0: <laughs> nobody does, Preston. Okay. <laughs>
1: nobody does. Um, <laughs> I didn't read the rules right away, so I went back. I'm like, why am I not activated on the site? I look on the rules. Oh, email you, and I'm like, okay, so I email you. I told you the full story. I was under the age limit. You s- seemed to like me for whatever reason and let me on, and it all went well until – all went well for basically, I think I joined when I was either 15 or 16, so either a year and a half, almost two years, and then something happened when I think you mixed in a whole bunch of raw accounts without <laughs> actually, I think it was one of the first no betting, right. here, have fun, you guys report who you think is evil. And I was a casualty of that, because you actually sent me a PM that said, don't say anything about your age. <laughs> and, forgot about that that's right literally <laughs> literally five minutes before you set that pm i goes oh no i'm gonna get banned because i'm 17 and you're like well you forced my hand and i was out of the running
0: i guess that's for about a week i forgot a, for about a week right right
1: because i created a fake account and used that for a while which
0: is fine which is cool i i forgot about that whole thing that's right i and anyway i feel bad I, i'm so like you are to me justin you're such a, a a, a significant member of the community. I mean, in
1: that's really,
0: well, I, I mean, it. I said this to you before we started recording, but I, I sort of have this, and I know, I hope I don't sound patronizing or condescending, but I have this like little brother regard for you. I mean, uh, the, you nice. were this cool kid that emailed me when you were like, I think when I was 14, I don't think I would have been anywhere near as capable of writing a dignified email as you are. Uh, and I was like, wow, this guy's really cool. Uh, and it was cool seeing you around on the forums. And, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. I know you have said other people have have sort of treated you like a little brother at times. Uh, yeah. So you are
1: Bill D specifically. Yep. Shout out to Bill D. Bill
0: D is great. I think Bill D treats a lot of people like a little brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. so I'm
0: I'm I'm glad you're here, and I'm, I'm glad you're officially of of age. By the way, can you can you drink yet? Are you 21?
1: I I can drink, not legally though. When
0: you drink, what do you like?
1: What do I, um, if I were to perhaps choose a, an alcohol that I am fond of, I would either say, I, I like whiskey a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a whiskey, I like bourbon. it, does it,
0: because um, I don't, it's been a while, does it suck not being able to drink legally? Is that a big deal?
1: Not really. It's not hard. Right. But do, like, do you ever want to like? It's never. Been.
0: Do you ever want to go out to a bar and get a drink, and you get carded? Like, does that ever happen? Like, are you ever like at a at a dinner, and you want to drink before dinner, and you get carded? Is that
1: that? Sucks? This is this is the thing. I I'm six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. I have a scraggly hobo beard. Um, I don't get carded very often. <laughs> I, I look old enough that people just kind of either if they do card me, I not going to say I have a fake, but I have my ways of getting around Aha. it. And Thank you. at the time, most times, I don't. I think I've been carded maybe once when I've gone to a bar with my friends.
0: <laughs> that must have been embarrassing. Did you get busted? Like, did they then say,
1: sorry, you can't drink? No, because I, I knew one of the other bouncers, ah. and he just said, let it go through. So I've actually never had to run into that problem. Now,
0: if I'm not mistaken, I don't think I'm confused. I'm pretty sure this is you. You have palled around with a fellow named John Holmes. Is that correct? No. That's not you that has a picture of you and John Holmes?
1: No, I have a picture of Ron Jeremy, Jeremy. good
0: Lord. Oh, (laughs) Jesus!
1: You would name something.
0: (laughs) And now, for the folks listening, why don't don't you uh, tell us, what are some of the movies that Ron Jeremy has been in?
1: Oh, he was in um, Boondock Saints. (laughs) Um, Wow, look at you. Good work. (laughs) I thought I would would corner you there. Well, Prepared prepared a little bit for this interview, but... uh, um, no, that's it's, it's, it's actually an essay insider type story. Um, it wasn't actually part of the uh, student association at the time, but my friends were, and one of them runs the conservative newspaper on campus. He's a really close friend of mine, and he needed a photographer, and I did air quotes with people at home can't see that, um, to go and take pictures of the events so that they get covered in the newspaper. And I went with one of my friends who was the reporter. We got press badges. We got to meet him backstage. He's a really nice guy. Um, he's actually, he is actually a New York native. Um, so he kind of knew the area and we had a nice time chatting. He's a really nice guy. Good.
0: Well, uh, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, but no, you know what, Justin, come talk to me when you've met Peter North. Then I'll be
1: impressed. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't even know who that is, by the way. My friend. Yeah, sure you don't. Uh, so I, I, I cannot wait. Uh, and I'm just going to jump to this. I can't wait to start talking to you about this one particular game. Oh no, you know what? Before we do though. Uh, okay. let's, let's like pretend we're working our way up. So we've gone from everything else. Let's just skip over. We we've done politics and religion. We're working our way up the forum, politics and religion, your student mm-hmm. government. Then what comes next is TV. You're uh, yes. what do you like on television? You mentioned that you're into mad men, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, I always push mad men off. I didn't think it could be a seriously good show coming out of AMC, um, I thought Breaking Bad was the limit of their, you know, creative potential with having an awesome TV series. Um, I was wrong. Uh, I have a friend who, uh, he's actually got one of the guys I'm living with. He's like, he's a TV and movie fanatic. He watches everything, everything he can get his hands on. He watches. And he's like, you need to watch Mad Men. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like something I'd be into. And so we sat down and watched the, you know, the first episode and I was hooked immediately. I think I've watched, I watched the entirety of season one in like a week. And I'm, halfway through season two right now. What hooked... So, it's awesome. I like it. I mean,
0: what hooked you about, like, the first episode? I've seen the first episode as well. Maybe I've seen a couple of the, the first few. Uh, and while I, I like what they're doing, I love the period piece, I just haven't... It hasn't really grabbed me yet, and I'll, I'll give it another shot. But what was it early on that hooked you about Mad Men?
1: Oh, I, I, Definitely the setting. I really, um, I really like the... You know the '60s. You know everyone smokes. Everyone's cool. You know they have this like air of you know they drink in the office. They smoke in the office. Um, and Don Draper, obviously. I mean, come on, who can't be in love with that guy? Is that John Hamm? He, yeah, he's the, yeah the main guy. He's 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 amazing. He's a great actor, and the, his character is just wonderfully written. I, I love just the entire like persona that he has. You know, he cheats on his wife, but they can go home and lie directly to her face and tell her he's done nothing. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's great. I, I just love how the drama, everything, all the inner office politics, mm-hmm. it's great. Because, it, it, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the student government. I really don't want to go back to that. But <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, we have an office, you know, there, there's an office for our student government. And it reminds me a lot of, you know, the inner office relationship type thing that goes on. And I just like the way the characters interact.
0: So you're not watching it, like, is it currently, you're watching DVDs? Is that correct? Uh, like, you're catching up with it. You, you, it's not.
1: I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm catching up with the episodes. I'm obviously not watching it live. I I guess there's a season either going on right now or was starting soon. I haven't watched any of that. I haven't, I'm trying to stay away. I don't want to spoil any of it for myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really liking how it's going. So, uh,
0: what, uh, what, what other things do you like? So did you watch breaking bad? Are you caught up?
1: I, I, okay. I watched seasons one and two of breaking bad religiously. Mm -hmm. I watched every episode as it came out, as it, you know, as it showed up on TV. I TV would them all. I had them all, and then Breaking Bad season three—you know—the season three came up, and I watched one episode, and I'm like, "Nah," eh. and I was—I I guess I just wasn't wooed by the first episode, and I kind of let myself fall behind. And then the same—the same—you know—my roommate, my—you uh, know—my housemate that I'm living with, he's like, "You need to watch it before, you know, you want to watch this the end of it live," and I basically caught up with the entire season of Breaking Bad uh, season three in with the week before the season finale so that I could catch the season finale as it aired and it was probably one of the best decisions i made because season three is absolutely ridiculous. It
0: really is, isn't it? I was so ready to quit watching it during season two. Uh, and I'm so glad even when season three started, I was sort of like, you know what, I don't I think I'm done with this. I, I will I will I'm so careful now because I got sucked into watching the entirety of Lost and I hated it all entire oh. time. So I am now really so ready to drop a TV show early on, like, and I felt that way about Breaking Bad. You know, I, I loved the first season, season two, you know, I probably would have given up on season two earlier if there's other TV shows I was watching, but I stuck with season two, hated it. Season three started, it wasn't really working, but I loved where season three went and I am so happy. Yeah, season
1: three picked up about three or four or five episodes in and I, you know, I, I started watching it. I'm like, you know, I need to watch all of this right now, and I basically just watched all yeah, of it.
0: Yeah, uh, So I, I, am with you there. So what is it about AMC? Jesus, Pete.
1: I don't know. Uh, you know, they have the Walking Dead yeah, coming out. Yeah. So really excited about that. Um, I haven't read any of the comics, but I'm a huge zombie fan. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that ends up turning out.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I remember there was a thread about how, uh, you know, because AMC is a, it's not a. Pay channel. Well, it's it's not quite like HBO in that they can't necessarily show like just naked people running around all the time. Uh, we yeah. were talking about how you know they can't really do a zombie series justice on AMC. They're going to have to water it down, and it's not going to be very gory. Uh, and that that was certainly my perspective. But that season three of Breaking Bad went on and certain things happened, which I won't mention because I don't want to spoil things for people. Yeah. The, the season 3 of I know, I know bad. Yeah, that, that was so like, well, yeah, I guess they can do a zombie, a zombie series justice. <laughs> I'm
1: thinking think specifically of the second to last episode and what Walter does yes. at the end of that episode specifically, and that, that alone probably convinced me that a Walking Dead series on AMC could probably end up being really, really good.
0: Uh, what is your, so transitioning up now from TV to movies, what's your favorite zombie movie? Do you have one? Is that a tough question?
1: Uh, Dawn of the Dead original. I own the special edition that comes with, like, four different cuts of the movie. I think I've watched it at least 450
0: What are the four different cuts? What kind of things are different?
1: I I think I have the original theatrical release. Um, I think I have a direct... I think it comes with the director's cut. I have it somewhere. I don't have it on... I
0: mean, but, like, what's the the difference between them? Is it just, like, some of them the scenes are longer, or was there gork? Um,
1: Some of the... There's, the European version specifically actually has quite a few, which surprised me, quite a few gory scenes. Um, I'm thinking specifically, I think the helicopter scene is actually cut, or modified oh. somewhat. <laughs> Because I watched it, I watched it with my uh, stepdad, because he's a big fan of the movie, too, and I watched it with him, and that scene came out, I'm like, let's watch the European version, maybe something will be different, he's like, alright, whatever, and we watched it, and something was missing, like, right away, like, right really early in the movie, and we were just like, oh, we turn it off and watched the right Right, early. right.
0: <laughs> But doesn't it, isn't I mean, you've seen it so often, so maybe a lot of it is sort of nostalgia, or familiarity for you, but does it feel dated or cheesy at all?
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, think that's, I think that's definitely one of its biggest selling points. That's how I would sell it to someone. It's, it's one of the original zombie films, It's it's what created zombie culture. I mean, it's not single-handedly responsible, but it's a huge influence on what we think of of what a zombie is.
0: Have you seen George Romero's latest movies? Uh, There's Diary of the Dead, uh, Land of the Dead, certainly, and there was one he just released about the zombies on that that island.
1: Island, It's Isle of the Dead. I haven't seen the most recent one. Um, I saw Diary. I like Diary. It's not his best, but I did enjoy my time watching it, and I did like Land of the Dead. I think Land of the Dead's the worst movie he's ever done, but I didn't. It didn't kill him and his zombie movies for me. It it damaged them pretty hard, though. When I don't think anyone's going to care at this point when they start firing guns. <laughs> zombies don't fire guns. <laughs>
0: well, the thing is, that, Tis, how do you feel? So, okay, so you feel zombies don't fire guns. How do you feel about zombies running?
1: I'm not a huge fan of running zombies, mm-hmm. but. I understand why they're used mm-hmm. and why certain directors such as Zack Snyder had made <laughs> them a running organism instead of the slow, lumbering doom that you can't quite get away from no matter how fast you run.
0: Did Did you see the uh, – oh, Rats, I'm going to forget the frickin' name of it. What was the thing that Charlie Booker did for the BBC? Oh,
1: it, oh it's the big brother. Yeah. There's – i haven't seen it i really want that, to what see was
0: it. it called though help me justin what was the name of that um oh, dead
1: man. set
0: is that maybe
1: right? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so you haven't think, seen dead it. set i haven't seen it i really want to see it. i don't know where to go to find it i'll probably have to find a way with the power of the internet yeah, i would say
0: that. yeah but, dead set is well worth watching i mean i wouldn't advocate anybody doing anything unethical but uh dead dead set's <laughs> definitely worth seeing justin and, and uh I, Charlie Booker's also, it seems like, a zombie nerd. I mean, and, and it kind of shows. Uh, I really like Dead Set. Uh, all right, here's another one, and I don't know if you, you've probably even been in these threads, so I apologize if I'm forgetting a conversation we've already had. How do you feel about 28 days and 28 weeks later?
1: All right. They're n- it's hard to classify. Them you were going to say they're days. not zombies, weren't you? I, I was going to say they're not zombies. <laughs> Justin! Not, um... <laughs> I know, it's difficult. They they are zombies, I guess, in the most basic sense. They're a mindless horde that eats everything that comes okay. their way. But it's a mutated monkey virus. I actually hadn't seen 28 Days Later until maybe eight months ago.
0: Ah, wow. Oh, gosh, wow. What was that like? Um,
1: and... I, I loved it, yeah. I really, I I kind of smacked myself in the forehead a little bit and told myself, you know, why didn't you watch this earlier? I think I invented it, actually, and had it ready to watch, and then I did something else at one point in time. Something like, some weird set of circumstances where I was set to watch it, didn't watch it, and then kind of just mentally filed away as though I watched it. Okay. And eventually got around to it, I actually saw it 28 weeks later before. Oh, I- you did it wrong! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, not if, if you think about it, it actually, kind of makes it better because you go from a okay movie to a wow, this is a really good movie. So well, I loved both of them,
0: and I I would
1: I I did, I did too. I, lo- I I really liked Twenty Eight Weeks Later, and I know a lot of people. Yeah, thought. and
0: I wouldn't even say that's an okay. I mean, I think that does so many really just brilliant, clever, subversive things. Some of which are very subtle, like the whole the whole role of the military. You know, traditionally in a zombie yeah. movie, the military is evil. Uh, but the whole role of the military in 28 weeks later, I loved, uh, you know, what they did with this idea of normally in a zombie movie, Justin, it, there's a corrupt human being who does something terrible that lets the zombies get in. You know, zombie movies, a lot of them are about human nature, and 28 weeks later was all about human compassion. You know, it was human compassion that doomed everybody. Uh, you know, it was yeah. the kiss from the wife, it was her, it was forgiveness, uh, it was the helicopter pilot finally being willing to fly the the kids out of the country you know because he had his own it was his human. compassion uh so I, I there was just so many cool subversive things in twenty eight weeks later that I think a lot of people don't appreciate if they take issue with like oh it's not realistic or this you know people did stupid things um but i I loved that movie i, I was a huge fan of that one
1: yeah I, I really liked it too um I, know, I guess I can't really add anything about you. i mean it just it,
0: it, they're not zombies. Okay, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. But I here's I, I don't not, I, I think the, the zombie genre like I don't I don't think in a way and I don't I don't mean this to sound as like I'm slamming the door on you, but I don't think there's really room for zombie purists anymore. I agree with you that they're not zombies, but the whole concept of zombies has evolved and changed. You know what George Romero invented was awesome, but I think it serves no purpose to sort of be a purist anymore. Uh, but I do agree
1: it's transcended Romero exactly exactly.
0: Romero found
1: it. We're in a post- Romero world is what you're trying to say Exactly, that thank I you used to acknowledge that. very very well
0: put a post Romero world. yes, I, I would agree <laughs> um,
1: I mean, I guess I, I agree it's it's hard to be a zombie purist anymore with especially with the video games nowadays. I mean Resident Evil they're ah, yes. I'm hesitant to even call I'm, I'm hesitant to even call Resident Evil zombies zombies, although obviously they are their biological weapons or whatever they call them in the game. Right. Um, but you can kill them without shooting them in the head. That just,
0: <laughs> so, uh, Simon Pegg, you know, the guy who was in Shaun and the dead,
1: oh, uh,
0: of he wrote a, a sort of a screed. It wasn't really a screed. He was actually very good natured about it, insisting that Charlie Booker's dead set was not uh, canon. That, that he, he violated zombie rules, uh,
1: I think I read that, actually, in that thread. I think I got the link to that. It's been a while since I read it, though. And I
0: I hate to say this, but I think that Simon Pegg, as a zombie purist, has made himself irrelevant. (laughs) That's just a terrible thing to say to someone who made a very, very good traditional zombie movie. I, I, I wasn't so fond of Shaun of the Dead as a comedy, but as a traditional zombie movie, I thought he really got it. So...
1: He did. I, I think that's one of the, the movies, actually, like the biggest strong points. that people kind of overlook, <clears throat> especially people who aren't into the zombie culture. You know, they kind of overlook that it's a, even a zombie yeah. movie. They just see it as there's an evil force that's hurting these this couple that's trying to kind of build back their rocky relationship. No, it's a couple that's surviving the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yes. Uh, how did you feel? People don't.
0: How did you feel about Zombieland? Did you see that?
1: I did. I saw it twice in theaters uh, in the same weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a pretty good indication of how much I am in love with it. I actually have it on my computer, and I watched it recently again, not too long ago.
0: Yeah, and I'm so psyched for this. So it's this October for Walking Dead, right?
1: I think so. It's soon. It's soon. I've seen some of the production stills from it, and it looks kind of cool. I'm hoping it does well. I haven't read any of the comics, and my my comic book friend uh, told me not to do it if I intended to watch the TV series. See, I know what... At least...
0: I think that might be a good idea. Well, I I can't imagine what they're going to do with it. I only know the first few uh, uh, issues, um, and it it seems really oddly character-based rather than event-based. I mean, any good zombie movie is, but from from what I recall, there are long stretches where they're dealing with things that aren't really zombie-related, and it felt a little soap opera-y, and maybe that's just the nature of comic books, but I I didn't really resonate with it that much. I mean, it's it's zombie stuff, so you got to like it for that. But I'm a little worried...
1: How yeah, we'll of course. I'm a little
0: worried it's going to be soap opera-y. I don't know. We'll find out.
1: Um, Hopefully not. I mean, I actually, <laughs> I'm thinking about a zombie so I'm thinking of, like, zombie days of our lives, and I think it would be kind of cool, <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Dead set. you got to get your hands on dead set. Uh, I'll leave.
1: I, I will try to figure out a way to do so. Oh, you know
0: what? There's another big z- zombie event before... Walking Dead in October. Do you know what it is? I can even give you a date if you want. Th- does September 28th mean anything to you? Oh, you know what? You know what, Justin? Actually, it might be 20. 20- it's the 21st or the 28th of September. Hmm. And as soon as I tell no. you, you're probably going to go, "Oh yeah."
1: Oh yeah. Uh, what is it?
0: Dead Rising 2.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> See. <laughs> um, I've actually I've got points sitting on my account waiting for them to release the uh, the Day
0: Zero sequel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I want to buy that. I don't know if I'm going to buy the actual game,
0: though. Right. Can I tell you a secret? You can't tell this to anyone. I don't even think I'll tell okay. you, but I'm going to tell you, because it's just you and I here. Uh I've got, a, like, a, a print review copy of Dead Rising 2, Uh
1: Yeah! Oh my God! Oh, (laughs) that's all. Is it good? I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean, I. Awesome.
0: I mean, I haven't. The thing is, I'm reluctant to like really get that far with it because I, I, I've sort of been playing it and I'm like, oh, this is great. I want to keep playing, but I kind of want to wait for the real thing. It it feels a little fake because there's there's like debug code printed in the upper left corner, and I'm I'm sure it's very well. And I'm also thinking, you know, a game like Dead Rising. You, you know, you're leveling up your character. It's got that whole RPG aspect, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't want to waste. I, I sort of feel like I'm spinning my wheels. It's not going to save. It's like playing the beta of an MMO when you know your character is going to get deleted. Uh, yeah. But I'm so excited about the 21st or the 28th or whatever day in September it is. Uh, oh,
1: maybe I, I have it on my GameFly. So if, if it's good on GameFly, maybe I'll just keep it from GameFly. Yeah. So maybe you just convinced someone who loved the original Dead Rising and wasn't planning on getting number two. Did you have at least not to own it? Why
0: you weren't? Why you're not a zombie? Yeah, okay, Justin. So
1: I'm a zombie fan, but you're not. I'm a college student. I've got to worry. I've got to, okay. When I buy games, I look at multiplayer, single player, and factor how much time I'm going to be able to spend on both of them combined versus the sixty dollars okay, price you know. tag. And I've actually I skipped over the first Modern Warfare. I never, I never owned the original Modern Warfare. Okay. Um, I haven't owned a single Battlefield game since Battlefield 2 on the ori- I actually, I didn't even buy it for PC. I bought it for the original mm-hmm. Xbox. Um, I skipped over a lot of major releases. I don't. Right. I, fair enough, yeah. I'm not. I'm a gamer, but I can't. I can't. Gamefly is now that it's finally working for me. I've had lots of trouble with Gamefly in the past. Now that it's finally working out for me, I think I've played like. Maybe like ten games in the past month, and I, you know, it's the only way I've been able to do it is because of games. That's, that's so. fair enough.
0: However, I, I'm not calling your your credibility as a gamer into question. I'm calling into question whether or not you're really a zombie fan because you just now admitted on this podcast that you did not see Twenty Eight Days Later until literally years after it was released.
1: <laughs> Listen, I can. I, I, I. It's not a zombie movie, so Aha, I should be good point. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a zombie movie, so we're taking that off the table. Now, here, how
0: would you feel about this, Justin? What if I were to tell you there are zombies? And, and dig this transition, by the way. Here's here's one health segue. Right. What if I was to tell you that there are zombies in StarCraft Two?
1: I would tell you there are zombie-like characters in <laughs> StarCraft. II.
0: I, I love that you're really trying hard to be a purist. I respect that, Justin. That is awesome. Uh, so you are a StarCraft fan, and I'm so glad we're talking about StarCraft. Cause it's...
1: Fan does not begin to describe what I am for StarCraft. Really?
0: Okay. Describe then how you came into StarCraft.
1: All right. Uh, my family had just recently moved into a new house. Um, I, my mom was pregnant with my twin little brothers, and I was feeling neglected. So we were shopping one day. I saw a new computer game. I told my mom, if you love me, you'll buy this for me and that computer game happened to be the StarCraft Battle Chests. (laughs) I had known nothing about the game. I had never heard of it before that day. I bought it on a whim just because it was, A, expensive, B, looked cool, and C, I think it was placed near Age of Empires, and I associated the two with each other because I was a huge Age of Empires fan back in the day. Um, And so I bought it, installed it, I beat all the campaigns, Didn't play it again for like a year or two. Got back into it again. Then I got into multiplayer once my family, you know, got everything settled in their new house and everything. I started playing Internet, and that's kind of where StarCraft grasped onto my life and is yet to let go.
0: Okay, now talk to me a bit about playing. So you play the campaign. You're done with it for a while. Talk to me about then coming back to it and discovering the online multiplayer. Had you done a lot of online multiplayer in any other kinds of games like shooters?
1: No, um, I mean, I was young. <laughs> um, when Starcraft, StarCraft came out in 1998, I was eight or nine. Mm-hmm. My family, my mom is one of those people who thinks the Internet is full of perverts, pedophiles, and, you know, Bible thumpers. So if I was going to associate myself with any of those people, she was going to do it on her time with her monitoring it. She had, you know, she said she had all this interesting, you know, technology that could tell her what, what I was doing when I was doing it. But I quickly found out that that wasn't true, and that's kind of when I started doing online gaming a little bit more. Okay. And Starcraft, Starcraft was actually, I think, my first major online game that I played more than just like a casual once to see what it was like. All right,
0: so here you are. You're a, you're like a young teenager. You've played.
1: I'm like 10 or 11 now. I turn on Starcraft, right. kick on my my dial up. Right. Um, I hop on. Game crashes immediately because. <laughs> It's dial-up, and someone was calling us. Eventually get into a game, get stomped by some other older gentleman who then proceeded to call me names, (laughs) and I decided to not play regular StarCraft for a while. And instead of doing the match, like regular matchmaking at the time, which is just, you know, join a game and hope to God the other person isn't, you know, a 12-year-old Korean kid on speed... Mm -hmm. And I started doing the use map settings, and that's kind of where StarCraft is. My heart of my love of StarCraft is focused centrally in the use map settings category of Battle.net. Okay,
0: now you mentioned this in another thread about StarCraft Two. Before we talk about StarCraft Two, uh, and I, I I can't believe that I have no idea what this is. But what does that mean when you say the use map settings?
1: All right, time to school some StarCraft One. When StarCraft One when you make a map in StarCraft 1, you can either just make a regular, what they call, um, melee or, uh, you know, just a regular game variant, which is just, you know, the, the vanilla StarCraft game. You know, you have your units, you know, all the counters, you know what everyone's stats are going to be, you know what's going to happen when one unit goes against each other. Or, in, if you make a scenario, which is considered a UMS or a use map settings map, um, you can tweak oh. all of the stats and everything, and you can create really awesome like set piece levels. Like it's nerdy, but one of my uh, one of the most famous, you know, one of the most play type uh, of variants of used map setting games is actually the Battle of the Hornburg, you know, Helms Deep uh, in the Starcraft engine. And I think I've played at least 700, 800 games. Um, defending Helms Deep against an, orcish, an orc invasion. or... Okay, wait.
0: Hold that thought. I, playing an orc- Hold that thought. I cannot wait to get into this. Who is that?
1: What the meow- yes? Is? That's Leto. That's my new cat Lito. Leto
0: should come in here. What, is is,
1: is Leto a little? <laughs> Lito's been sleeping on my lap the entire time. Uh, yes, Leto is a an orange little. I don't even know what kind of cat it is. I got it for free from a friend. Oh, uh,
0: that's wonderful. And, we had a guest cat yes. here. Oh, rats! And well, is, is Leto a dude?
1: Leto is actually a, a girl. chick.
0: Okay, oh, that's
1: awesome. Leto—the name comes from Dune. actually. Well, I was going to—is Leto
0: a dude in Dune?
1: Leto a a But I, I justify—I justify it because Leto is actually the mother of, I think, Apollo in Greek mythology. I, I had to justify this to a friend because they, she had actually known that where the name came from, and is like that—the dude's name—you cannot name that cat Leto. <laughs> but in Greek mythology, Leto is the mother of Apollo and Artemis. Are
0: you sure about that? Did you did you verify that?
1: I just pick a feature. Uh
0: just so I I don't uh Yeah, okay, I'll 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 tell you this. So when I was younger and used to play Dungeons and Dragons, uh the name I always used for my characters was uh Stilgar.
1: Really? That's so cool. I wish I played Dungeons and Dragons because I would definitely use more names for yeah, that. Yeah. I wish I had discovered Dune before. Dune is actually like my new like pastime. That's all I do now is read all the Dune books. I read the original, and now I'm reading House of which is by actually Frank Herbert's son. Um, because my local library didn't have Children of Dune or Dune.
0: Ah, that makes me want to go back and read. It. Like I loved Dune when I was a kid, and I being an adult now, I'm curious to go back and
1: read it. Dune is amazing. So real quick, Dune is one.
0: Of the- How do you feel about there, there's a David Lynch movie, and then there's a recent. And I've heard that things have watched not. them all. So, so is this recent made-for-TV Dune good?
1: Yes. Um, it's I. I would. I'm not hesitant to say at all that I like it better than I like the David Lynch film. The David Lynch film is
0: weird, think, isn't it? I mean, it's very. There's it's, a lot of it's of really <laughs> weird.
1: Yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, it's David Lynch, so what do you exactly. expect? Um, <laughs> my friend was actually telling me while we were watching it that he turned down. Um, I think it was Return. Of the jedi to do dune thinking that it was going to be a bigger movie or something <laughs> i think it's either i think, I think it was return uh, yeah uh, the, the, they seem to think up that it would be Return, <laughs> and it ended up almost you know it ended up he, he took his name off the project he's not listed in the original theatrical release of dune he removed himself from it once it went to video and in subsequent releases obviously had his name back once it's got you know the cult following that it has now right, right. <laughs> But All right, so uh, I like I like the Sci-Fi Channel Dune series is definitely. Oh, one that's of the
0: right, movies. it's Sci-Fi Channel. I forgot it because I kind of I kind of yeah, worked for this. I
1: forgot of, about that. <laughs> it's one of the highest watched Sci-Fi Channel miniseries ever.
0: How many episodes is it? Do you know? Do you know how long it
1: is? It's well, uh, there's two of them actually. There's Dune, uh, there's Children of Dune, and then there's the Dune series, like the, the one that's the exact. Uh, uh, the movie, they did the first book in the series, and then they did Children of Doom, which feats, which actually feature, uh, features um, Paul Atreides' son, Leto, becoming the God Emperor, um, which both of them are fantastic. Um, I think they're each three episodes, or one oh. is three and one is five. Or like, like an that, hour long it's, it's, um An hour, an hour and a half, I think, okay. each. It might just be three full hours, but it's definitely worth. You know, you don't want to do it all in one sitting. You you definitely want to be like do an episode, go do something else, then come back and do it because you know like anything that's three hours long, eventually you're going to get a little bit bored. Right. Right? Um, but it's definitely worth looking okay. at, at least looking for.
0: All right. Well, if Lido comes back to comes that. back in, tell her to <laughs> tell her to. Uh, to chime in whenever she wants. That was adorable.
1: She's playing, she's, she's playing with my headphones. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so uh you mentioned so there there's a a user map setting and it it's, it's this it's this, it's this battle from uh from Lord of the Rings. Like are the, the units different or it's just a map?
1: It's 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 the map variant and then it's you know it's just a regular StarCraft like, like graphics. It's nothing changed in that, but all of the units are renamed like Marines become like Rohan archers. And, you know, there are three ranks deep on this, which, it looks, some of the maps actually get pretty good, at least looking at the mini-map, of looking like the actual castle, you know, the actual Hornberg Helm. So, it's need. basically, it's a custom
0: um, layout, sort of, with its own...
1: Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's got its own special triggers so that, like, every ten minutes, you know, 4,000 orcs spawn in this certain spot, and then whoever's in control of the orcs can kind of, you know, either move his forces out or use, like, a single guy that tells all of his units to attack a single spot... And it's it's literally I think if more people knew about the use map settings, I think StarCraft One could have even been bigger than it actually already still is. Now, what
0: you mentioned, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think you told someone who was talking about StarCraft Two about these settings. Is this something in StarCraft Two? Because all I see is like melee and is it just melee and custom. I, like I I've never
1: custom. Custom is the new use map settings. Okay. Um Basically, that's where your tower defense games, and that's what a tower defense game is considered a use map settings game. Okay. Um, when Tower Defense, you know, kind of sprung up on um, StarCraft and WarCraft 3 around the same time, they, you know, that's where you would find, you know, your, your amazing Tower Defense, and that's where they are now, and it this kind of brings me to my first, and probably my biggest gripe with StarCraft 2 is Battle.net.
0: Is it, and how it treats custom maps.
1: It's how bad they ruined Battle.net. Okay,
0: so explain this. How do they? How do they? How does Battle? How does they do Battle?
1: They've killed. They've killed. They've killed any sort of potential. They they tried to combine Warcraft Three's way of handling custom games, which was a constantly refreshing list that shot all the old games to the bottom, and they streamlined it completely and give you like I think it's ten or fifteen choices of the most popular maps that are out there, and they host the maps themselves then they give you host ability to do it once you click on that game, and it kills it because I can't go and just pick a game that I played three days ago that I want to show my friend who hasn't been online in a few days. I have to publish it, which someone went to in one of the threads. You have to publish it yourself, which puts your name on it, so you're, in effect, stealing someone else's work, putting your name on it, saying that you did it, and you can actually change a lot of how things work before you publish it because you have to do it through the map editor. So every time a game, if a game falls out of the top 50 most played games, like let's say someone releases a buggy version, like it gets buggy at wave 10 of this tower defense game. But every, you know, the first nine waves are amazing. Like it's just a fun game to play. Um, If that person doesn't either realize it or doesn't get out fast enough, their game will fall off the radar. No one will be able to play it unless they put their own name on it. And I feel like that's cheating people out of what is considered, I know Blizzard considers their, you know, any game you make is their game. But you created it, you know. You, used the, you took the time to put the game together, and Battle.net, as it currently stands, ruins how StarCraft 1 did it, which was just pick a file that's in your math folder, and you can host it. You don't put your name on it, you're just the host. And all credit still goes to the guy who put the actual work into the map. So if
0: something falls off this top 50 popularity ranking thing, I can't just, like, search for the name of it?
1: Nope. You, it either has to be the top 50, or you have to go out of StarCraft... To into StarCraft 2 Map Editor, Galaxy Editor, as it's called now. Mm -hmm. Um, Find the map in the map list on the Galaxy Editor. You have to open up the map. um, Publish it. Tweak the final settings, which you, I mean, that alone already automatically opens up a wide variety of being able to just grief people on what is, you know, you know, uh, you can say, oh, this is Dota, and then they go in and it's just you with 55 (laughs) Vikings and then with one green and you just kill them and, oh, game over! Um... (laughs) and then it puts your name on it instead of the person who actually made the map.
0: Now, now, has Blizzard uh, commented on this at all? Have they addressed the fact... I've heard lots of complaints about this as well. Uh, Is this something I I
1: honestly don't know. I I don't follow the Blizzard forums. I'm not... I like Blizzard as a company. I love their games. I just don't want to... I don't like dealing with the teeming masses of idiots that are out there on other forums.
0: Now, so did you ever... So this was a big part of how you played the first StarCraft. Did you ever, like, also get into the more competitive, just quick-match stuff in the original StarCraft?
1: Um, there was a time I joined one of the numerous clans that StarCraft had, and, you know, they required that you did, you know, a certain amount of actual melee gains within the first week. And, I, you know, I I was originally a Terran player, just because Terran was the middle of the road. You could always just turtle and hope the guy, the other person, didn't kill you. And then once they exhausted their attack, you just send whatever units you have left and try to mop up their base. Mm-hmm. I never, I, I wasn't good at it. I was too young to understand a lot of the complex, you know, which units should use this when and how to, you know, micro. I was never good at micro until, I mean, I'm still not really that great at micro. In StarCraft 2, I'm, I'm a pretty middle-of-the-road player. But I, I, like, I like the regular game a lot more in StarCraft 2 than I did playing StarCraft 1. I. I think it's a lot because people are still new playing it, and there's a lot of people at my skill level Whereas when I got into StarCraft 1, everyone was the speed-taking Korean kid or the guy who had been playing for eight years already.
0: Uh, Now, so you also really like StarCraft, though. In addition to the custom maps, you're really into the lore. Like, the story...
1: I love the lore of StarCraft.
0: Okay, let me hit you with this. Why?
1: Why? Why? I don't... It's... It's a space opera. I mean, I like Dune. I like sci-fi. I'm a big sci-fi fan. I'm more sci-fi than I am fantasy. And StarCraft was something that, A, not a lot of the people, not a lot of my other friends knew about, so I always had something to talk to them about. When Like, I always had something to tell them. I like, I like telling stories to people, especially about stuff that, like, I'm doing, or, like, a game. Like, my friends are like, oh, what's StarCraft about? I'm like, oh, shit, now you have to know about it. Here's everything you need to know. Um, and I just, I don't know, I like the characters. I like... I like the, you know, the, how the characters interact, you know, the relationships that they have. And I don't know, I just, it's, it's a fun universe. You know, the humanity at, in, this, in this specific part of the universe is basically a bunch of truck drivers. You know, they're all redneck hicks. They were all prisoners. I don't know if you know the backstory, but they were prisoners from, from Earth. They were just shot out into space and, you know, hope to God you find something, go deal with it yourself. <laughs> these were the people that you know these were mass murderers these were psycho killers these were like terrible drug lords they were bad people and they just shot them into space with on these super carriers that had they were programmed to try to find the next inhabitable place and most of them crashed a lot of them died and whatever survived is you know it's the scum of the universe but now they're leaving their part of the now,
0: Let me ask you, Justin, real quick. So this this thing that you just told me, like I knew that there was a theme of rednecks and hicks, and, and I also knew there was something about prisoners. Is this stuff in the game, or is this stuff from uh, other... You can- have
1: to you have to read the manual to figure out the original booklet that came with the battle chest. I don't know if it came with the original release. Like, I never owned any. I didn't own StarCraft before the battle chest. But um, what came out in the... Um, what came in the manual is basically it told you, you know... Earth is under it wasn't it was under the central rule, which the is moon. UED. Which you actually oh. the UED is the the as the, the, the Terrans that come in that you play as in the Brood War expansion. Right. Well, who's um, the Dominion? You know, the, the, way, the Dominion is what comes out of is is what is is the owner of is, it's called the Caprulu sector. Um, <laughs> nerd. Um, that, that's that's um, the Dominion is before Manx. Yeah. Because the Confederacy is what comes out, right? Yeah. Well, pretty sure I'm not mixed Well, the,
0: the Confederacy is like, like Rainer and Minsk are, are members of the Confederacy, right? Is the Confederacy the Rebellion, or...?
1: Yes, the Confederacy is the Rebellion. Now you got me doubting myself.
0: <laughs> well, I'm the last guy, though, to, to be asking about this stuff. Uh,
1: yes. Um, but anyway, so there's... Basically... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, you go well, ahead. You, so
0: you, <laughs> a lot of the stuff is, is from... Exterior sources. Like, you mentioned you've, you've read some books. So you've managed to fold, like, a lot of what you know about the lore is from sources that Blizzard doesn't necessarily put into the game, but that probably informs a lot of what you know about the game, like, as you're playing it. Um,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, i definitely say that. Um, I mean, the books are never... I mean, there's obviously there's a book about Raynor, there's a book about Kerrigan, there's um, a book actually now that just recently came out about Manx, mm-hmm. Um, you know his his upbringing under Angus Manx who was his father. Um, he has a really cool backstory. I think his backstory is awesome. He's he uh, Arcturus Manks was basically he's he's from uh, like a, a noble family, which are basically they're just a wealthy family on Tarsonis. Um, and his father is a political dissident. He hates his father. He never wants to be him. He doesn't want to do anything with that. He wants to be a prospector out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Arcturus Manx who ends up becoming the Emperor of the known, you know, you know, their known universe, basically. And his father is actually killed by the Confederacy. is the is the original government that gets to place that uh, gets taken over by Manx and he makes the Dominion. I just looked this up on Wikipedia. Okay. Um So the Confederacy actually sends one of the ghosts, kills Arct- Arcturus' father and the rest of his, you know, his family, except for Arcturus, who's not there, I believe, and actually cuts his father's head off and doesn't and leaves a headless body and takes the head back to whoever rules the rules the Confederacy at the time. And that kind of spurs like this whole just uh you know, this destructive behavior that, you know, that eventually leads to Arcturus taking over and defeating the Confederacy. You're
0: you're an apologist for Arcturus Minsk, who's the villain. <laughs> he's not a villain, he's just a <laughs> very nice uh so alright, so going into StarCraft two then uh Okay. How did you feel about the fact that it was going to be split over three separate storylines? Because the first StarCraft, they you know, it's got the, the Terran campaign, then I guess it's the Zerg, then the Protoss, and it all gets folded together. Did you have any misgivings about it being split into three separate games with three, separate, with three distinct factions for each game? And how did you feel about that after playing it?
1: When I first heard, I was really upset. I thought they were really like, I thought this was a bad idea. I thought it was going to cheapen the experience as a whole, because, I mean, half the fun is playing, you know, through that entire grand, like, grand, huge storyline. You know, each each campaign doesn't step on any other campaign's foot. It's all in succession. Like, in the first game, you play the Terrans, you know, you get through the Terran campaign, and where the Terran campaign ends off, the Zerg campaign starts up, And then where the Zerg campaign ends off, the Protoss campaign starts up. So... It was this one long storyline that none of it ever treaded on each other's story. None of them ever conflicted. So you didn't like play a mission one, and then you play a mission in the other one that undid what you did in that previous mission. Um, I thought that was a huge benefit to how the entire game operated. And when it first came out, I was really worried that, were, that it was going to be kind of boring. And having now finished the campaign, a little bit of my skepticism was validated. It wasn't the greatest campaign they probably could have been put together, but I had a good time with it. You know, I, I sat down and beat it in three days, which is pretty unprecedented for me. I don't want to say I have a, a short attention span. I just I can't do the marathon gaming sessions very often.
0: Now, I want to do some spoiler stuff real quick. So anybody listening who has not finished the StarCraft II campaign, fast forward about, we'll give you ten minutes. Uh all right. So uh, you guys get out of here if you care about the storyline. All right. So how did you then feel about how it how it ended up? Like what happened with Kerrigan?
1: It, it blindsided me. I did not expect that whatsoever. I didn't. I didn't even expect them to have to actually get to Char. So when I started up those final missions and they're like, "Oh, we're going to Char," I'm like, "This is unprecedented. Either Kerrigan's not going to be there, or she's going to escape, or something. You know, it's going to be really crappy how yeah, they're going to end this." And then. They bring up the artifact, and I thought the artifact was just going to eliminate all the Zerg on Char, and they were going to clean Char, you know, use it as, like, you know, as a basis for how the next campaign takes off. And when you actually do it and Kerrigan is transformed half back to where she was, I was floored. I freaked out my, you know, I'm I'm, like, going nuts. My little brothers are, like, running around, like, what's wrong? And I'm, like, this is not how this is supposed to happen. Like, how can Kerrigan be a human? But now that we've discussed it kind of on, court, uh, you know, on quarter to three, people are basically, you know, what it's been, what it's basically people are calling it right now, and I'm pretty much in agreement, it's going to be the next one or whatever the Zerg campaign is going to be, Kerrigan using her still somewhat their Zerg powers, which is obviously all of her Zerg powers is concentrated in her hair. <laughs> and she's going to rally the Zerg to the Terran side. And then the Protoss campaign is going to be the three of them coming together, and they're just going to wipe out this new hybrid that, Duran, who has not been mentioned at all in the first and the second game here in in StarCraft 2, which is upsetting because they should have at least given him some sort of shout-out.
0: Who is that? Um, Who is Duran?
1: Samir Duran? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And Brood War, you start off the Terran campaign, which is also the first campaign you have to play in Brood War if you want to go in sequential order as and one of I think it it's actually the first mission you meet Samir Duran who's supposedly a Dominion agent who wants to help the UED get rid of the Dominion mm-hmm. which is Arcturus Mengsk and it eventually comes out that he's actually an infested Terran and when you go to the Zerg um, you go to the Zerg campaign Samir Duran is now an infested ghost and he's, you know, he's helping Kerrigan. And then at the end of the Kerrigan campaign, you find out, oh, no, he's not an infested ghost. He's actually a Zelnaga, which is this overlord god species that created the Zerg. And the-
0: Wait, so we've seen a Zelnaga?
1: Technically, I, it's hinted that he's a Zelnaga. He looks just like a regular black guy. He's not, like, a, like a powerful... He doesn't look like an omnipresent being. He just kind of hints that he either was a Zelnaga or is, like, a fallen Zelnaga, and that he's trying to bring the hybrid of the Protoss and Zerg together, which is one of the bonus, like, secret missions that you play as Zeratul in the first game, or in the the War expansion. You find the Zelnaga in the stasis. You don't actually see it. And Samir Duran basically says to Zeratul, who is the Protoss uh, Dark Templar guy, he basically says, you know, you're too late. You know, the hybrid's already been launched. Yada, yada, yada. And then Duran disappears, and you don't see him again. Although apparently someone found his name in one of the other characters, which I think is just—I don't think that's anything to look at. I think that just might be a coincidence. Did, did it's
0: it his name backwards? You don't you think that's a coincidence?
1: I think that I think that's what it said. It might be, but the guy that they show who has his name is this pasty old white dude. So maybe Duran <laughs> can be a chameleon. I mean, he is a Zel He can probably do it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Boss. He breaks all the rules, Justin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed with the art direction they took with the hybrid as well. It reminds me, I don't want to bring up the Warhammer 40K argument because I don't like that argument. I think, yes, obviously there's similarities. I don't think StarCraft ripped it off. I don't think Warhammer was obvious. Warhammer Warhammer and um, Starship Troopers were obviously both huge inspirations, but I don't think. I think the hybrid looks too Warhammery for a game that's obviously taken some sort of visual cue from that series to kind of build their own series, I think it's too much towards the Tyranids from Warhammer 40K, which I'm not a big Warhammer 40K fan. Like, I don't know anything about it. I've never played Dawn of War. Well, that's a lie. I have played Dawn of War. But I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm, I mean, I never got into it. I didn't have a computer that could run it. I'm sure it's a great game.
0: Well, but you say you, say you think don't it's, think it's too much. I mean, I, I, I'm okay with, like, you don't want to say ripped off. You could say homage. But how could you not look at, like, Tychus, for instance, uh, and, and think of the space marines. I mean, that's so, to,
1: to me, I, it just. Because he's, he's a redneck. He's He's got this persona <laughs> that he's a badass, but he's a badass in the negative way. He was a serial killer. He's He robbed trains with Rainer. Right. He was, he's the foil to Rayner character. Well, I'm
0: partly and, just in talking well, more about, like, art direction. Like,
1: oh, Art the... Direction, yeah, obviously, Space Marine.
0: So, so, exactly, I mean, that's part of it, too, and then I look at a lot of the Art Direction for the Protoss and think of the Eldar, and certainly...
1: I don't I don't see the Eldar similarities. Okay. I mean, obviously, it's there, but I don't think it's as... I think the original Protoss, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they looked a lot different. They were basically just Eldar in the StarCraft world. They were, like, green, and they had, like, metallic armor that looked just like the Eldar. They came a lot to change from the Eldar... And I think the Zerg actually don't look very much like Tyranids either. I think the, like the, the, the sickles are like obviously the you know the, the the scythe arms, the appendages, obviously, but they're more they're more insecty than they than they are. I would say they're close. The Zerglings are definitely more closer related to the buggies from Starship Troopers okay. than they are the Tyranids. But I think this weird Protoss hybrid, Protoss Zerg hybrid, is basically just a Tyranid right. in Starcraft, and I don't appreciate it.
0: Let's let's get down to brass tacks, then. Let, let's talk gameplay.
1: What, All right. So now that the spoilers are kind of out yeah,
0: of the Yeah, way. So the normal spoilers... <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, I agree with you, by the way. I mean, I think it's so obvious, and this is, in a way, one of my... I am mean, not a fan of the story, but... And, and kind of one of my problems with it, I think it's so obvious where it's going and what the next installment is going to be.
1: That, yeah, I'm a little upset. Yeah,
0: and I just feel no sense. Like, I kind of don't care what's going to happen next because I kind of feel like I already know, and there were... I, I just... You know, you also... Uh, I love that you described that you freaked out about the ending, and your little brother was like, What? What? <laughs> I have this great image of you just sort of in, running around the house, like pulling your hair and sort of your feet <laughs> and, and obviously distressed. The story did nothing for me, and I kind of see where it's, it's going. Um, so I'm, I'm a little disappointed that there were no surprises, That there were no moments that made me feel the way you felt about the, the ending. So. I'm turned off at of the story. That's that's not my bad.
1: I mean, as as a big StarCraft fan, that ending kind of is a kick in the crotch because Kerrigan is the biggest badass in the universe and now she's back to what she used to be. Right. I don't want I don't like Kerrigan as a ghost. I like Kerrigan as the queen of Blades. Right. Kerrigan, I mean, she's she's on multiple, you know, strongest women characters in video game history because not because she's, you know, the smart ass I know everything. Ghost, but because she's this dominant superpower alone, she, with, even without the Zerg all around her, she could kill any other person in the universe in a hand-to-hand combat. Like she bests the best Protoss warrior. She bests the Protoss warrior that knows both the light and the. You
0: dark. must have loved like, that scene, that cutscene. That must you must have just been just just like squirming in your seat out of excitement. Yeah, when she was fighting
1: Zarathol. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, ugh, it was great. I want to. I, I kind of want to go back and watch it again because I saw it and I was like freaking out, like, "Oh, this is great!" Like, I kind of knew this was going to happen because they've obviously a lot of the marketing had pushed towards a conflict between them. I was really glad that it wasn't. I wasn't forced to like fight it out, um, like in a Starcraft <laughs> RTS. Like, like I would. I would have. I probably would have shut the game off and walked away. <laughs> and this is coming from a Starcraft diehard. Um, but yeah, that was that was a great cutscene. I love I love Blizzard cutscenes. But now seeing how badly they kind of didn't do anything with the story in this game, I don't. I was calling for a StarCraft movie before the game came out, and now that I've seen it, I don't want to see it. StarCraft
0: movie. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, well, let's get to gameplay then. Let, let's get What race do you play? Well, so you've been playing online, right, or no?
1: Yeah, okay. I have, actually. I mean, I played with uh, a few people from IRC. I was playing with uh, Union Carbide and I think uh, not one of us. We tried to get Marcus in. We were playing a, game, a couple games last night because what, what I wanted to run out before play? we went in. Mm-hmm. I'm a Zerg player. Okay. Why? I I why I t nine pool. <laughs> I I can win games before the other person even has a unit on the field. Alright,
0: describe this nine pool build. So so for right, folks I, listening, I, I, uh the, the number references your supply level, and pool is just a yes. reference to making the spawning pool, which is what you need to convert yep. to, to military units. To, to basically... Un- All right, so... So what is a nine-pool build? Because
1: I want to try... Right, it. So you start the game, you've got your five workers. Six. You, you know, you've obviously... Six, excuse me. Um,
0: oh, um, you if, you, if you have any questions, Justin, about StarCraft, I can answer them.
1: Oh, okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> you fling them at the minerals, you grab a drone, or you grab a larva, you click drone, then you tell it to go. You don't ever set up a rally point beforehand on the opening... I don't know if you know that. You never click the hatchery, then click the minerals, then make a drone. You always make a drone, tell that drone specifically to go to the minerals, then you click the hatchery, then you because it make, you're, uh, then you set the rally. It slows point. it down if you're time. right.
0: If you're wasting yeah. a click, if you already give it the
1: right, okay, fair. They give you 50 minerals at the outset. That 50 minerals should be spent within the first three seconds. Okay. Um. So you spend you 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 build that drone and you keep building drones. You don't do anything. You don't even. I wouldn't even say scout. You can tell you, click your overlord, you click randomly on the mini-map and hope to God that what you clicked is near. And you
0: certainly don't send a drone out to scout because you need it.
1: Absolutely. No, no, no. no. Not in in an early, not in Zuri at least. Never do that in Zurich. You never scout with a drone. You always scout with an overlord. Um, You just keep building drones. Once you hit nine drones, you stop. You should. I mean, you can click around. Obviously, you're going to click around because you're, you know, you're, you're running on adrenaline. You want to get stuff done. As soon as you hit, even before you hit 200, you should have a drone picked out that's not going to be in the middle of a gather or bringing minerals right. back. Because if you build a, uh, if you use a drone with minerals, you're wasting minerals. Right. Um, so as soon as it hits 200, there should be a spawning pool already ghosted. And by the time that drone gets to that spawning pool, which should be very close but not in the mineral patch, um, I usually use it to kind of. I usually put my spawning pool right next to the Vespine, uh, you know, one of the gas, one of the geysers, so that any drones that pop out of that, um, they pop out closer to the hatchery. Because if you strategically place your buildings, the drones will always pa- will pop out a little bit to the side. If if you place it where they normally pop out, they'll pop out closer to the hatchery if you do it correctly, mm, okay. and that saves time mm-hmm. um, for ra- for going back and forth and gives you faster gas. Um, you're not going to have gas obviously at this time. So once that uh, is done, any you shouldn't have any minerals. But by the time you know you, sh- you're, you should have a good, you should have nine, you should have eight drones right. at this so You've point. used one of them for um, the spawning. Yeah. You you pop out two more drones as soon as you can. All right. You max out your um, supply list. Yep, you max your supply as soon as you get hundred. You drop an overlord. By the time that overlord's finished, you should have you should have over 150 minerals and three larvae ready to go. You should be able to pop out six zerglings, and by the time those six zerglings are done your enemies should either be building or have just finished building their, their uh, first uh, building, uh, you know, unit-producing building, either a barracks or a gateway or a spawning pool of their own if they don't do nine pool. Um, and by the time your Ling should get there, they should only have one tops uh, fighting unit, and six Zerglings are more than a match for even a Zealot. Now, um,
0: now, something this that's meticulously cool. timed, I would imagine the size of the map makes a difference, yeah?
1: Yes. Um, Does this only work on certain maps? Generally, unless the map is huge, you can usually get away with it. Or if it, if you're playing a 1v1 on a non-two-player map, I would definitely never go 9 Okay. Now, um Because if you don't, unless you get really lucky scouting with the Overlord.
0: Oh, because you're not sure um, if you're not sure where he is. You you have to pick a yeah, D line.
1: If you don't know where your enemy is, I would never go nine pool. Right. Nine pool is great for either a team game where you know all of the starting locations, or if it's a one v one and it's a two person map. Now, as long as you know where the enemy is, a nine pool is a great way to go.
0: Now, as a as a zerg, so that so the idea is that the zerglings get there before any. Uh, what does this and, and this works for you? This is what you've been doing, right?
1: I've I've never lost in a nine pool where I knew where the enemy was. Right. Right.
0: All right, I'm gonna try that. If it doesn't work, I'm gonna come looking for you.
1: I mean, it's 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 something I've been doing since the beta. It's it's not perfect because if you do screw, if you manage to screw up or if a drone gets stuck on something, it can ruin everything. Because if they can get two if they can get two marines out, you're probably still gonna win, but you're only gonna have one or two zerglings left. Right. And it's you know it's not that they're just gonna attack you with SCVs. If they can get two Zealots out, your six Zerglings are guaranteed to die. You probably won't even get a kill.
0: Now, how are you following um, up on this? Are you, are you continuing to send Zerg reinforcements, or do you transition to making... Oh.
1: Usually, usually what I do is, after my first six, uh, six Zerglings, are, I just throw them at the base. Um, I don't look at them. I keep them on hotkey one, obviously. Right. I don't look at them again until I think that they're close. Um, at this time, I'd immediately queue up either two, uh, two more drones of Zerglings, or I'll build a queen, depending on whether or not I think I was fast enough. Um, if I don't think I was fast enough, I would generally do two more circling so that I can kind of guarantee that I'm going to have at least something to keep them on their toes, keep them producing units to defend against me instead of producing an economy. And then once the queen does, you always, you know, if you, I don't know if you play Zerg at all, but you constantly do spawn more larva. You know, you do the, the larva injection on your uh, hatchery, and it doubles the hatchery produ- uh, production capability basically at any point in time. And after that, it's just, you know, building your economy back up, um, I usually follow a nine pool if I don't win with either a roach, um, I try to go quick roaches, and then I, if I get to the point where I'm after roaches, I'm either not going to win, or I'm going to probably go to air. I don't like hydras, I don't like Hydralisks at all. What's wrong with Hydrolis? I think they killed Hydralisks. I don't like them, I, they don't, they don't work the same way they used to, and I'm used to playing them on Milo, or on, excuse me, on Halo and Starcraft. <laughs> uh,
0: how, how did they, like, why do you not like how they work?
1: Hydras uh, were a tier one unit in StarCraft One, right. and now they're a tier tier unit, and they just don't. Blizzard killed Zerg anti air in tier one. Well, Zerg um, anti air? What,
0: what what? What anti air is in tier one? I mean the the queen. There just is the no way.
1: There is no anti air in tier one, and that's it's that's dangerous. If if you let an enemy get a Banshee, you're basically done. Um, I've lost plenty of games against Terrans who just. Quick went to banshees and just tore me apart because I don't ever build an evolution chamber ever. I don't think I've ever built an evolution chamber in a regular melee you game. You should
0: try it with your roaches.
1: I know I probably should, but if I mean if I'm producing to the point where I think I'm going to win with roaches, I usually have fifteen to twenty roaches and them with burrow, and no one builds detection units ever until they can get an observer. Or if it's a Terran player, they may build a single missile turret. And then by that time, that they have a you know if I see that they're they're turtled in, I'm just going to put you know, 25 zerglings and 15 roaches at the at the the choke of their base and just wait for them to come out. Retreat once they come out. They're going to keep coming forward. Then I just smash into it, so I'm not in any range of their siege tanks. And by that time, I'll have a gas up. I'll probably have an expansion, and I'll have my nitus network. And I was actually told by. Uh, uh, Union Carbide, that I'm probably one of the few people he's... I'm one of the only people he knows that uses Nidus Networks as effectively as I do. I am a huge fan of the Nidus Network. I think that's the best thing that they've ever added to Zerg.
0: They didn't have anything like that in StarCraft 1?
1: They had they had the Nidus Canal, but it was a one-to-one. You can only, you can only go between two bases. I, I don't know if you've ever used Nidus Network, but it's... Yeah, wherever you
0: have line of things. sight, you can build uh, the other, the far end of the worm.
1: Yeah, so what I do is... I throw an Overlord at the, towards the back of your base where you're not looking ever, and I drop one Nitus worm there. But at the same time, I also drop a Nidus worm behind your minerals. If I can if I can have an Overlord inside of your minerals, I'll do that. You're gonna kill the one behind your minerals, and you're not even gonna look for the other. Wait,
0: one. So you've built two Nidus Worms? like
1: I built I built two Nidus worms as quickly as possible ah, awesome, because you're never gonna look for. Kill. I like that. I like that a lot. You're never you're gonna think oh there's this Nidus worm kill it. Then you're going to go focus the front of your base because you're like, oh crap. Well, you're the person's going to think, oh, okay, he's, his Nidusworm was killed. He probably doesn't have the minerals or anything to build another one. And if he does, it's going to be in the same spot, so I'll leave a few token forces here to kill it. And I'm going to put everything in the front of my base because he's going to have to just charge it. Very good. And by that point in time, the other Nidusworm's finished, and you've got 50 Zerglings in your minerals.
0: So are you uh, have you been playing the quick matches, ranked games, or just custom stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, I was playing with uh, Staff Sergeant. Me and uh, him and I went. Uh, I think it was three and on three two v twos in a row. Oh,
0: here's what I'm wondering. So, what uh, what what league did you place?
1: We didn't finish our placement. Oh, okay. Um when I placed in the when I placed in the beta, I was actually only in bronze league, and I think that's probably good for my skill level. Okay. After an early game, I kind of fall apart because I don't know where to spend my. I know place. I'm the same way. I get I get I get a little overwhelmed because I always have I always. <laughs> My average, like minerals, like unspent yeah. minerals, is always in the thousands. Oh, I kick minerals. acid! I'll scroll gas!
0: Yeah, I rock at unspent resources. That's that's probably my best uh, stat. is unspent resources. <laughs> I always beat everyone on the map in that one. Uh.
1: Yeah, I, I usually win that column as well. Um, I I kill gas. I'm a big. I like big units. I like big units that can do a lot of damage quickly, and that's those are gas heavy units. And I never have enough gas. I'm a huge fan of Broodlord's. Lords. I don't know if you've used the Brood Lord. Brood Lords are probably the coolest unit in the game. Um They're they're the flying tank of the Zerg yeah. forces. I love them. So
0: yeah, yeah. So let, let me brag a little bit. I'm definitely a Zerg player as well. Uh and
1: Oh really? At this point, let's hear let's hear your opening strategy. Well
0: I, I don't the thing is I, I I basically ripped one opening strategy. Well there's two. I basically have two builds that I kind of know. One is counting on the other player not having any anti-air. It's weak against Terrans because their Marines can shoot anti-air, but it's basically just a straight-up mutalisk rush. It's all about getting three mutalisks in the back of his base before he has any opportunity to get anti-air. Uh, it can even take on, if he spits out a few stalkers, if he's a Protoss player, I have no problem with that. Um, but it's a matter of just, just channeling mutilisks to the back of his base as soon as possible. That's been very effective for me. Um, and then the other one is just a, a, an early sort of roach rush, uh, is just get a bunch of those guys out. Um, I love roaches, by the way. Uh,
1: yeah, I used to. I used to have. I had a build in the beta that I think got killed when one of the status up the, and one of the updates that was basically I could have twelve roaches in his base before he got out. You know, his top. second tier one unit. And,
0: and roaches just they they rock against any of the other early units. I mean, they have really just.
1: I, I'm just real. Happy. They tear. Yeah, yeah, they tear hard. <laughs> they have a lot of health. They have that great regeneration if you've got burrow. You no, know I mean
0: I've so not used Burrow, but you're talking about, I, it's something I keep wanting to play with. Uh, so you talking about Burrow makes me, next time I play, I'm going to start fiddling with that. Uh,
1: do, uh, if you research the Roach Burrow wall move, right? It, you like I said, a lot of people don't build, if you're playing a Protoss player, you're guaranteed for it to work at least once before you realize that he's going to need observers. You no, know, it's so funny, you Justin. Can, I,
0: I think of the few times that I've been caught unawares by something stealthed, and I keep telling myself, I cannot believe I don't have any observers ready. I don't have any way to detect stealth. And even when I'm playing team games with other people, yeah. they don't either. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I need to think about turning that around on other players, because if I don't have stealth, I kind of know what I'm doing. Surely the other players don't as well. But I've always been a little gun-shy thinking, well, yeah, of course they're going to have a detector. Everybody knows to do that, and I don't even do that. Uh, so, yeah, I can't wait to try some stuff with Burrow. Uh,
1: Terran's the easiest one to kill stealth with, and Terran actually has a lot of good stealth. Like, the Banshees, Banshees are great stealth units. I love stealth Banshees. Cloak Banshees are the great. They are great. Um, but they also have the easiest stealth detection. You know, they just have a command center with, they have the overall command, or whatever it's called, yep. and all of a sudden, any, any sort of stealth is thrown out the window, because a scan from that is only 50 energy. That's 50 seconds. That's nothing. Even if you attack with um, stealth units... Or even barrel units, it doesn't take long to charge up a scan if they don't already have one charged. Right, exactly,
0: yeah. Uh, so
1: the thing. But Protoss is, Protoss is susceptible. Unless they build cannons or they have uh, observers, they have nothing built,
0: to help. Right, right. Uh, so the thing that I've been wanting to try lately, and this ties into being a zombie fan, even though you think they're not zombies, I really want to I really want to work infestors into my build. I don't see them that often. Uh, and I, I love their flexibility. Uh, so that.
1: They they have a great unit. They have a hydralisk quality unit that they spawn, and it's pretty cheap. I mean, an Infesta marine doesn't have the health, but it, it doesn't has need it. The attack it doesn't need the and, yeah, yeah. It doesn't need it. You just you drop you can drop two or three of them in a in a single spurt with an infester. Two or three. If you have three Infestors, You got um. two or
0: three, Justin. Dream a little bigger, darling. Uh. <laughs>
1: Uh, how much energy is it for a It's 25. I, I it's 25 for a Terran
0: Marine, and they, store up, they can store up to 200. So if you get a few of okay, so them out early on, and that, that's been my tactic. That's what I've loved doing, is uh, roaches for the front line, and then a, a complement of it, at least two, ideally five, infestors. Depends on how the game is going. And those infestors mm-hmm. are really flexible because if there's any big unit or siege tanks... Uh, if you have to research this, I don't, I always forget to do it until it's too late, but they can do that, that, uh, I forget what it's called neural interface or something where they send out the tentacle and they possess a unit. Um, so that's effective hmm. there. That fungal infection thing. Have you ever seen that in, in,
1: in? Yeah, it stops units in their tracks?
0: Not only that, Justin, but like if you, if you can situate that on a good group of Marines, it freezes them and then kills them. I mean, basically weakens them. Uh, I love that, but but then my favorite is just is just spitting out those little zombie eggs. I just hotkey it, hold down shift. It's T for infested Terran, and just hit T T T T T T T T T T Just and hotkey it, and they just it's it's like a shower of eggs comes out of the sky, and they erupt into the infested Terran Marines. And that right there is my anti-air if it becomes necessary. But that's all. Yeah,
1: they have good DPS too. Yeah, they're not even bad. You.
0: Have. and and so it, exactly and that's a way too once i'm if i'm making like a a strong push with the roaches just complement that front line with infested terrans so that's the build that i've been working on it uh you know it's gas heavy so it's not really good as an early rush um uh, mm-hmm. but i just just my love for zombies i'm like you know what i i want to find <laughs> to work these infestors into my build
1: uh. <laughs> they 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 move all bur- burrowed, burrow too so you could even have yep a strike force of roaches. If you have the, you know the, uh, the deep tunnel claws, and then the infestors, you can sneak right into someone's base. That's and where, yeah. I'm 100 percent sure that an egg doesn't set off you're being attacked. So you could drop tearing marines into his supply line, you know, into his economy. Have them start tearing up. He pulls back forces. Roaches pop up behind the forces. They're sandwiched. There's a strategy.
0: Exactly. That. And that's what that's another thing too that is the, the investors the only other things that can move while burrowing. So my investors with roaches, I, I love that.
1: And that's default too, so that's actually a really good yeah. unit. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Hmm. So maybe I'll have to work in some investors in my strategy.
0: So, so one of the things though that bums me out, so I've been playing the, the quick match. I'm in the I, I tend to be pretty consistently in the top third of the silver uh, league. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm mm-hmm. sort of working my way up. It's, it's very gratifying to have started in bronze and seen that sense of progression. But now I really want to try Protoss and Terrans, but I'm not good enough with them <laughs> to to be to get into the kind of matches that being in upper silver league. I'm afraid is going to drop me in. Like I don't feel like I have the like I'm in a good place to practice a new race and a new build, and I hate that. Uh, like I feel like it's sort of ossifying me with my the Terran builds that I know already.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I have I have I tried to play a Protoss build in one of my placement yeah. matches and I died. And then the, I think I had like two stalkers out, and he had like fifteen banshees, and I was dead. Yeah. And I was like, "This is not even worth me trying." Yeah. Uh,
0: so what? Uh, so uh, if you if you weren't playing the Zerg, like the, you would pick Protoss. That would be your second one to start.
1: I, I tried it, and I suck. I think I would pick Terran. I know I have a I have an all right Terran. I think I can do all right with Terran Doing just having played it as a StarCraft one, most of the build times are roughly the same. It's not the same game, but I think I could adapt you know, my regular Marine Medic ball into a Marine Marauder Medivac ball, I don't think that would be too much of a problem. And isn't that, that's sort I of like the it.
0: default base, like baseline build. is just Marine Medic, yeah. uh, uh, Marine Marauders and, and Medivacs, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's basically, that, that's, that should be the core of any Terran army, and then you supplement it depending on what you want to specialize okay. in.
0: Okay, so let me, uh, again, just to brag, I had a great game today where I was just doing that, that, that Roach build, um, Mm-hmm. And I could, uh, you know, we had a quick fight where I had roaches. He had marauders and marines. I ended up sort of coming out ahead, but we were both sort of beaten back from that. Uh, and so I'm building up a bunch more roaches in my base, but I've also gone ahead and, and leveled up my, uh, I guess it's a hatchery to a lair, um, because yes. I want to get my infestors out. Uh, so, But then he, I see that he does the little uh, scan on my base, and he sees my infestor building, so, I, it, and I'm like, well, you know what, this guy obviously thinks I'm not going to have any air units. Like, like, so I just transitioned, once I saw that thing, I transitioned to mutalisks Because I knew he'd been doing marauders, siege tanks, and marines. Uh, not even marines, really, just marauders and siege tanks. Um, so I, after he did the scan, I waited for it to go away, and I started my spire to get out mutalisks. Um... And we then had our next encounter, and he had no anti-air. I think he had a couple of moves nice. from his early build, but it was—I I felt really proud of myself because I sort of adapted to the situation as it was unfolding. I, I transitioned to a different kind of build, and I kicked this guy's ass. And the really cool thing, Justin, is that when we got to the stats, he was totally out macroing me. His economy was so much really? stronger than mine, uh, but because I'd done this great little jiu-jitsu thing I felt uh, I ended up beating him uh so That's it's very cool i'm just real i'm real i mean i I've had some complaints about how retro and old school it is, but I really think there's a place for that i mean one of the things I love about real time strategy games is how much room there is in the genre for different kinds of games, and I'm really like yeah, the niche that starcraft Two occupies right now
1: it's it's that you know hardcore professional it's you know it's it's basically. I don't want to call it the Halo, but if you think of Halo in terms of how it operates in regards to other shooters, Halo is, like, the competitive sport to be, you know what I mean? I mean, now it's kind of Modern Warfare 2 a little bit more, but when Halo 3 was out, you know, MLG adopted that as their, you know, like, go-to game. Um, So, I mean, I I feel like StarCraft kind of fills that type of you know, it's the competitive game. You know, you play it, you figure out how to play it, and you get great That's at it.
0: That's a very good comparison, actually, Justin, because I can't... Halo right now is something that I, I wished I liked it more, but I don't I don't care enough about it to really invest in getting to yeah. be able to play multiplayer. So Halo is not for me. And I,
1: Halo, Halo lore is the only video game lore that is second. That's like it's StarCraft and then Halo. You're
0: a big fan of Halo Halo's lore. Like,
1: I, I actually <laughs> am. I don't... I don't care about the games even anymore. I just really like the story. I think a lot of the books are really well written. A lot of you know, I really like the books. The games have been really hit or miss with me. I,
0: I've actually so just I've actually read uh, two Halo books. Really, which two? You uh, read? The first two, and the as Eric Nyland, is that the guy's name?
1: Yeah, I love him. So so
0: he didn't write both of the first two, though, did he? He wrote he wrote, he wrote the very first know. one. If so, I'm not mistaken,
1: do I? I don't. I have the Starcraft two. Um, he wrote the Fall of Reach, which is what this new game is supposed to be kind of based on. Right, right. Now, that's and, the one where it's and, about the,
0: ch- the, the the it's about when they're children. Like it's about how they make the Spartans, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, that is that is what that book is about. And then he wrote the third, which book, I didn't
0: get to because I didn't care it, for the second one so much.
1: He that that's um oh no he wrote First Strike. No, First Strike is the third book. Yes, First Strike is is about is after the first game is how Master Chief gets back from Halo and goes back to Earth. And that's a very good book. And it actually introduces a cool, like, a lot of, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes a lot into, like, Covenant, um, how the Covenant works a little bit more. And I thought that was very well done. Uh, Leto approves, by the yeah. way. Yeah, Leto is, <laughs> is just meowing on the floor because I'm not paying attention to
0: her. <laughs> You're a terrible cat owner.
1: <laughs> and she is a brat. She whines constantly. <laughs> She does nothing but eat and sleep. I think she can take two hours out for me to converse <laughs> with Tom chick, and she will be okay. <laughs> uh,
0: my, my cat is. Uh, see, where's Shadow Cat? Yeah, my cat's outside, so that's why you're not hearing him right now. He's normally. Born. Yeah,
1: she's an outside cat. She's not going to be allowed to go outside. <laughs> My apartment's on like a third floor. I'm not gonna have to. I don't want to have to worry with her falling. Yeah, I
0: don't. Out I, a window. I'm with you 100. percent Like if I had Shadowcat, I kind of inherited. He was a neighborhood cat when I moved in. He kind of came with the house, and, <laughs> uh, so he was sort of raised outdoors. And uh, but if I, 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 I would be more nervous if, about letting a cat out if he wasn't already that way.
1: Uh, yeah, I think she was on her when her with her original family. But I got her when she was two months old, which was I got her like two or three weeks ago, so she's kind of... She
0: doesn't know what she's missing. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: she's good. She's fine. She'll deal.
0: Uh, well, so uh, we'll have to play... And I'm also really digging StarCraft team matches, so we'll, we'll have to do some of those. Yes, for you and I definitely. Ranking going. Uh, and so I don't know if you've fallen prey to this, though, but, you know, you have to play five placement matches before you get placed. So every time I've started with a new player, we're both in this, like, okay, we got to play five matches. We have to see where we rank. Uh... I like, got so addicted to that now, and I normally wouldn't care the least bit about that. Uh, so I'm surprised you haven't uh, you haven't fallen prey to that. I guess that's just not
1: your bet. I mean, I, I have a little bit because I, I, like I said, I was playing with Staff Sergeant on the forum. Real, I'm he's really good, by the way. He's he's great. He has a really good Void Ray build for uh, Protoss. He can get out like two or three Void Rays before. In the time it takes me to do up to generally either roaches or whatever I go to next, either whether it be mutalisks or Hydralisks, he's got two rays out who are already like harassing yeah. the other person's command center and have basically had it destroyed. Or and by the time I even get my units there, he's got four more out. He's really good. Um, yeah,
0: and he's also all you know on the forum. He's like, oh, I'm I'm casual. Oh, I'm not really. Yeah, he's definitely better. not.
1: He's enthusiast. At <laughs> least. <laughs> um, you know
0: who else is really I, bad? By I, the way, just to warn you, Justin. Uh, okay. uh, Mike, or uh, Dusty the Hamster, if you
1: play... No, there's no way he's bad. Yeah. He's good at every video game he's ever he played. He really is, isn't he? Yeah. So that, but that's... Okay, I played I played Borderlands with that guy. He's nuts. He's ridiculous.
0: He's a, he's a monster. And the he... thing is, Justin, I thought, well, okay, I know he's really into shooters, so he's probably just dabbling with, uh, with RTSs, um... And he'd only played the single-player campaign, so I'm like, okay, he must really be into the story or whatever. So we're online. He's like, hey, do you want to have a friendly game? And I'm like, sure, okay, whatever. And and I figure, you know, he's kind of, he's not really into the whole competitive aspect. He's a shooter fan, therefore he can't yeah. get into RTSs. So we're playing our friendly game, and I, I was even torn about do I do my cheesy little mutalisk rush? I was like, no, I'm not going to. And he must have done like one of your your nine pool things or something because while I was still building my spawning pool, suddenly, you know. Twelve Zergs <laughs> show up, and I was like, what? "I thought <laughs> we were doing a friendly game. How dare you!" <laughs> but no, he's really, really good.
1: Yeah, he's he's crazy good. Who's someone? Who's and, like, not, everything. Who's I've heard, someone
0: who's I've not very good who we could play?
1: Um, I mean, with, as far as people I've played with, is you are um, my good? I haven't played with a ton, but.
0: Union Carbide good because I think of him too. It's like he's a real big driving game enthusiast. So how much he, room he, driving game enthusiasts did well. have to get good at RTSs?
1: Don't play against not one of us. He, he really, you will wipe the floor with you. He's really good. Um, he he carried our little comp stomp, Basically, I mean, I was I was I was trying to go to Broodlords as quickly as possible, so I really wasn't playing. Can't do that. Great, I I, I did it. It was. Fun. Well, I guess in a comp I mean, stomp, yeah, I, you
0: can do that if you just hold the computer's first attack off. that.
1: Yeah, it was it was three v three. It was me, UC, and uh, New. And he knew, and he had Ultralisks, roaches. He had everything out there. I was the air guy. I took mutilists and Brutalords while they did Ultralisks and everything else. And they they are both all right. I, I feel like not one of us is definitely better than the other two of us, but I think UC and I are kind of on the same level. I don't I don't want to say that because I think I always think I'm really bad because I I do very bad at the macro game. I have more fun just playing with the units. I, that's why I probably like use map setting games more, because you generally don't have to worry about the economy. Right. But...
0: Uh, do you know, uh, Scrax, I think, claims that he placed gold after his five placement matches.
1: Really? That's be- mm, I don't think I played with him at all. Yeah,
0: he's got to be really good, just placing gold out of the gate. Uh
1: Yeah, that's got to be... I mean, I'm afraid that if Staff and I play, we'll win the two other ones and we'll get placed like Diamond League, and I'm going to be just wrecked left and right because he's carrying us every time. (laughs) Well, now,
0: you know, I don't know if you know that it does this. I was pleased to find out. It ranks you separately for each grouping. Like, if you and I were to to do 2v2 games, it would be a whole separate ranking than if you and Staff did 2v2 games.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think I like that. I think I like that more. I think I prefer that. I'd rather have the ability for, like, I mean, it, it's, I think that works well because team dynamics can be different. Right. I mean, I'm going to play differently with you than I'm probably going to play if I played with either UC or if, you know, Marcus is on or anything or whoever, you know, if I play with them, I'm going to play a lot differently than how I would play with, like, staff. Like, staff and I immediately, like, we're, what are we going to do? And he's like, I'm going to go void-raise. You kind to kind of have to hold defense for a little bit. I'm like, that's fine. I, I have my nine pool. I can have You know, I can have 12 Zerglings out really quickly, and that's more than enough of defense for an early game rush from somebody.
0: Well, now, Justin, I am going to ask you now. I don't know if you're prepared for this. Actually, you can't. I'm going to ask you a completely random question. It has nothing to do with anything. You know what? I'm lying. This does have something to do a little bit with StarCraft, but it's still a random question. Oh, okay. It could have something to do with StarCraft. We'll we'll have to see. All right. All right. So here you go. This is your random question. Uh, Let me make sure. All right, ready for this? What is the maddest that you have ever been in an online game?
1: Oh, man. Um, I would probably, it it might actually, it probably has something to do with, yeah, it's definitely StarCraft. I think I was playing a 4v4 Big Game Hunters, which was a map variant in the original StarCraft, which it's, it's considered, like, one of the best online maps for StarCraft. You know, everyone has their own base and an expansion that's easily um, choked off. You know, this is the way the map is made is, you know, it, it's perfect for competitive play. Um, I think I was playing that, and we were playing, you know, it was 4v4. I'm pretty sure two, two of my allies dropped out, so it was 2v4. And me and this other guy were kicking ass. Like, we were just tearing the other guys up, even though it was 4v2. They were the same, you know, same skill level and everything. And my connection dropped. Ah. I could <laughs> and yeah, this was day, this was dial-up days. I think is why
0: someone called like, you. Someone was calling on the other uh, line. <laughs> no,
1: the, the worst part about dial-up days is my grandfather worked at the phone company in my town and he had the ability to just kick us off the Internet so he could call us. So more than one time I've been kicked out of StarCraft games because he wanted to call my mom to talk about something.
0: Oh, that is awesome. And Even though you tried to do the, the pound or whatever to disable call waiting, he could bust into your phone line.
1: Yeah, he could just, he, I mean, he worked at the phone company, so he could just turn off our dial-up for a minute. I don't know, just, that's like us. an
0: abuse of power, Justin. Wow, your grandfather sounded like he was a
1: tyrant. <laughs> he was he was the he was like he was a technician at this phone company for like forty years. He just recently retired, uh, but yeah, he he kind of did what he wanted. He was a pretty he was big man on campus for there for a while. So so you, no one. So this guy
0: you were playing with, who was on the the two v four side of it, he probably thought you just flaked out.
1: Yeah, he probably just thought like, oh, he's done with the game. <laughs> All right, screw him. He probably ended up going win, but I got what should have been a great replay to save, should have been a great, you know, hey, guys, let's watch this and see how awesome I did, turned into a, oh, god damn you, I lost connection.
0: See, that's not Son that bad. A... I, I would have thought, like, th- like I'm thinking more of, uh, that's a good one, but I'm thinking more of, like, times that somebody's, like, griefed you or whatever, and it's really got...
1: Oh, god, I mean, I, play, I was Halo 2, I was a competitive Halo 2 player. Like, I was in clan, I was in a clan, you know, I had, you know, my days there that I'd freak out. But I don't think any of them amounted to just how I mean coming from a two, coming on a two v four and a, as a mediocre StarCraft player who just is in love with the game that's right. like a high like I'm on a, I was on another level during that and to just get kicked off because my grandpa had to ask you know are you coming over this weekend
0: <laughs> Well no I understand because you're so invested in it it's not like something yeah. like a little you know eight minute Halo match. This is like, it yeah, sounds it, like an it, epic,
1: huge game. and you were actually This is a 45-minute, this, this you know, my mom's like, hey, you need to get off the Internet. And I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, finish doing this match first, and then I'll get yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's dial-up, you can't use the phone while you're online, so, yeah.
0: Wow, and at your own grandfather, at flesh and blood.
1: <laughs> betrayed by my family members. <laughs>
0: that sounds like something in a StarCraft storyline.
1: Yeah, it's only. <laughs> it sounds like Rainer, betrayed, or actually that's Tychus, betrayed by Rainer.
0: No, Rainer betrayed by Tychus. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, too, I guess.
0: You yeah. are Jim Rayner, Your grandfather Yes. <laughs> <and Tychus.
1: laughs> okay, I don't want to get too serious, people have seen it, Oh, whoops. You missed out on a great story. No. Um, but yeah. All right, well, that would probably be one.
0: Everyone listening, uh, there will be a thread. This will actually be in the games thread. So it's going to be, normally these live in everything else. This one's going to be stealthed up to games. The thread will be called, What's the Maddest You've Ever Been in an Online Game? If you post in this, and Justin, you're eligible because you answered the question, but anybody else who posts in this thread, make sure that the third letter in your post is the letter D, as in Demon G-Sides. So that I if that, see. if you adhere to that little... Trick, you will go into the drawing for uh, for a free game. Uh, Justin, okay. this has been awesome. I yes, definitely. I definitely want to try my new burrow build now with Infestors and roaches. Uh, you yeah, sent me, uh, and so I will hopefully be. Uh, I'll be seeing you online. I, I look forward to playing some StarCraft.
1: So yes. I I, w- I would offer to get on right now, but I kind of have to go to bed. I have to work in the morning. You know what? I actually
0: have to go play Scrabble with some women in the neighborhood that I do. Uh, yeah, I know. It's kind of. <laughs> I don't actually I don't know what ooh meant, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a Scrabble. And it's not even Scrabble. We used to play Scrabble with these ladies in the it. they frickin' cheat. They play really? Yeah. They they think Scrabble is where you sit with the Scrabble dictionary when it's your turn and you look up what words you can make letters. Oh. That's not
1: that's That's
0: not how you play. It's not how you play because all the bluffing... You can challenge. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole bluffing sub-game in in Scrabble. And this also draws the game out because they're sitting there, you know, taking their time looking up words, and I just... So we don't play Scrabble. We play Boggle, which you can't... Uh Oh. But Scrabble is... It it began as Scrabble, and now it's Boggle, and uh, they can't cheat at that,
1: so... Yeah, it's a little bit harder to cheat at Boggle.
0: Although what they do in Boggle is they'll make up words. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, no, don't don't write it on your list if you're not sure if it's a word. Because and and a lot of times when you make up little three and four letter words, they actually are words.
1: Yeah, you get really lucky, and I mean, so you just throw together three random letters and hope to God. In fact, <laughs> a lot of
0: them are words. Yeah, so
1: yeah, unfortunately. No, and but. the thing
0: is, so I hate this, but I I am really well, I, I want to go play StarCraft right now. Like I don't know if you're like me, but you and me talking about StarCraft really makes.
1: Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little jazzed up on it. I wish I had more time. Yeah. You know
0: what? You could you could just play a couple of games before you go to bed.
1: Yeah, I could.
0: <laughs> I'm the little devil on your shoulder.
1: Yes, I was just thinking that. it's Tom Chick on my shoulder. My boss is on the other one, like, no, go to bed. You have to work with kids in the morning. Or you could play Starcraft until 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All
0: right, well, Justin, thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, yeah, no problem. Everyone listening, answer uh, what's the maddest you've ever been in an online game. Or want to hear your answer uh, on the forum. Third, Third letter is a D. Uh, join us next week. We will have Saul Juan, I don't know if I've said his name correctly, on talking about Second Manassas Take Command. Now, I know what everyone is thinking. You're thinking, <laughs> oh, God, it's a boring Civil War war game. But I promise, I can make it interesting. I have a special secret plan up my sleeve. Wait till you see what I do. So, so join us for that next week. Uh, and Justin, I will be uh, seeing you around on the forum.
1: Definitely. Um yeah, I'm Demon G on Starcraft 2. My character code is 332. That's in the spreadsheet. That's in the thread. So ah, very good. I think I added. I think I added everybody that was on the spreadsheet. Anyways, but if you don't see me on, that's what I am. I'm also okay with giving out my real ID. I really don't care.
0: <laughs> and also, I'm I'm Tom Chick, and my character code is 176. Can you believe we we have our character codes memorized? That's that's devotion. Yeah.
1: I think I, I think I memorized my character code quicker than I memorized, like, my, my pin code for my dib, my, like, my debit card. And... <laughs>
0: Good. Awesome. Well, the doorbell rang. I have to go let the Scrabble ladies in. Uh, if...
1: All right. Have fun right. with the Scrabble ladies. See you the Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. There's a man waiting in the
0: sky. He likes the he does, but he thinks all he's
1: Yeah.